You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by the Chops Power Injector System. The 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA. Find them at barbecuekansascity.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. From injections to rubs to sauces, always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at pelletcooker.com or cookshack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Should you see fit to join in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. Contact info, write it down. Phone number 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening on the show tonight in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, it is the first Tuesday of the month, so you know... That we got to make your monthly run to the doctor's office, and we will check in with none other than multiple-time author and good friend of this show at this point, Ray Lampy, Doctor Barbecue. And then at ten thirty, ten thirty-five, nine thirty-five, we will go back to uh, probably one of the most popular purveyors of uh, of, of the high-end pork and beef out there. Huge in the barbecue world right now, both in the backyard and, of course, in the competition scene. We'll be joined by Anella Kelso from Snake River Farms, and then we'll trot on over into the second hour. And as uh, Anella want to do, like she did the last time, she will give away not one, but two items to a lucky person playing this week's edition 
of can a seventh grader say it because I found a seventh grader on the street. That sounds really weird. Nevertheless, we play can a seventh grader play it or can a seventh grader play it up for say it. I'm trying to say it. I can't say it. I try to think, but nothing happens. You have a chance of winning not one but two items. It is barbecue month, and Snake River Farms is all about promoting the barbecue stuff in their marketplace. So up for bid tonight. Up for winning, potentially, a 14 to 17 pound Wagyu brisket and a pork collar. Regular retail price for both $200 if you're counting with $1 bills. That would be $201 bills, by the way. So a huge prize. Let everybody know that the prize tonight could be one of the biggest that we have ever given away. Even a little bit more expensive than the uh, the Carabuda ham that we gave away last time she was on. So looking forward to a little meat talk with Anella. And specifically this time around, it's going to be a lot on the pork side of things. Um, I don't know if a lot of people are, are really up to speed on the Carabuda stuff. But we're definitely going to be talking about that. And then if time allows, we will get into the Double uh, R Ranch stuff as well. So uh, your chance to win big tonight at the top of the second hour after Anella makes her uh, what is definitely going to be a triumphant second appearance on the show. Again, a 14 to 17-pound uh, Wagyu brisket and a pork collar. Wow. Then we will move on to the second hour. And we have a huge guest slotted for at least one segment, possibly two. He is the reigning 2015 KCBS Team of the Year, none other than Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue Team. And we're basically going to be breaking it all down. We might, we're probably going to go a little bit kind of long format interview with him. We're going to break down the 2015 season. We're actually going to backpedal all the way into the end of 2014 and see how this past year unfolded for Travis and uh, how he was able to stave off the claws of the American Dream barbecue team and, and keep that top spot and take that title, which he will now wear for this calendar year. So uh, looking forward to talking with Travis on that. So there is your show. Locked, loaded, and or otherwise for this evening. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the contact info. All right, let everybody know the show's on live, of course. Get them on the Facebooks, get them on the Twitter. Get on the Facebook and the Twitter and let everybody know, aside from the great guests that we have on this evening, which are you know live, local, and late breaking. Let everybody know about the huge prizes that are on tap tonight at ten o'clock for can a, can a seventh grader say it? A fourteen to seventeen pound beef brisket on the wagyu side and a pork collar. Wow, look out! Uh, of course, you can get the show on Roku as well. Now, a few bits of contact or a few bits of uh, housekeeping. I already did the contact info, uh, which if you're watching on the video is located right down here. I was interviewing two-thirds of the teams that I will be following 
this year. It is this year, by the way. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. I interviewed uh, two-thirds of the teams that I am going to be doing for the Barbecue Central show reality radio show. So I'm following three teams. We're going to have them on, you know, once, twice a month and get the whole lowdown on uh, the competitions and home lives and all this other stuff. So I had the 30-plus team on last week, and I had uh, Clarence Joseph from uh, Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue. But uh, from Backdraft Barbecue, Ryan, I mistakenly called him uh, Groob because while we were going back and forth on the email, and I should have called him, because nobody is more sensitive to last names and if they're being said correctly or incorrectly than me because nobody says my last name right as easy as it is spell it out say all the all the letters and there you have it sometimes i understand that the e might be silent and i get a remp but a lot of people call me remp key they put in a letter that's not even there i mean at least with ryan's name i was enunciating it incorrectly but i wasn't throwing words in and letters which happens to me every day of the week it's so weird but anyway, Ryan's last name is Grub. It's not Groob. And I apologize to uh, Ryan and, and everybody that's associated with Backdraft. Again, being sensitive to that issue. We will move forward. But uh, uh, shout out to Ryan. I got the last name under control. And uh, going forward, I will pronounce it correctly. I promise I will at least give it best efforts, if nothing else. Also, the one-third that we didn't get to last week, because that, uh, as I had mentioned... Going through a really uh, untimely, I mean, I don't know if it's ever timely, but definitely an unforeseen and catastrophic loss in his family. Uh, Tim Shop from Tim Fullbelly's Deli lost his son-in-law, basically uh, his daughter's husband. And they had two kids. I think uh, he was 34 years old or something like that. So uh, super young, uh, fell ill. And, you know, two, three weeks later, that was it. I mean, he was, he was, uh, he had passed away. Um, so his daughter is now a widow at uh, age 30, got two kids, crazy, uh, just crazy. And, and I'm not a guy that fears death by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, that is obviously very young, uh, to pass away and, uh, leave a family behind. And the barbecue community has been nothing short of amazing. And Tim wants me to pass along his thanks for the barbecue community's support. And he is overwhelmed by it. And uh, I believe he will take time out uh, during our interview because I will have Tim on the show next Tuesday at 1014. Uh, but he did want me to uh, make sure that I mentioned on the show tonight that uh, he, he wanted me to thank everybody for the support and for the prayers and for the donations and, and all that stuff. So it is uh, absolutely Heartwarming to him uh, and to me, you know, for kind of being connected to him a little bit here for this upcoming season. Uh, so, you know, there you go. I mean, we got a lot to talk about right out of the gate before uh, the competition season even starts. So, um, uh, Tim, our thoughts and uh, for those of you that pray, uh, prayers uh, still uh, with you and and with your family, with your daughter especially, and and their and and her kids. So, uh, absolutely crazy. Also, uh, something that I'm not going to get to this segment, and and I might save it for next week just remember even those of us that have 
pitmaster skills, for instance, me, uh, you screw up every once in a while. And I did on the New Year's uh, Day ribs, but we won't talk about that right now. But I will talk to you about the CHOPS Power Injector System, the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year for National Barbecue Association. If I may take the time to break it down for you, number one seller is the uh, half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System, designed for the competition cook or to pump up the backyard warrior like me. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you just have one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. Comes with the 14-gauge needles, two plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The one-gallon CHOPS power injector system is designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of injection as the half-gallon, obviously. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking MBN whole hog or maybe you're doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement needle adapters, three-plug screws, and a needle protector. 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The newest one is the CHOPS full-power injector system. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition Big Daddy. There is not a holding tank, but instead a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at one of the best barbecue restaurants in Kansas City. And he said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with a metal needle adapter, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, three plug screws, and a needle protector. It's 325 bucks plus your shipping anywhere. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use the Chops Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than everybody else's. Here's the thing. I say it each and every week. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it. This is how you do it fast. It's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon? You can do that with the CHOPS Power Injector System. Everyone is hand-assembled right in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories. You want them, they got them. Want to shoot medium ground spices? They have you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. They also have a two-inch closed-tip needle, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep from plugging up the needles with fat. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They have a great upgrade you can buy to make your chops injector bulletproof. With metal needle adapters, go to BarbecueKansasCity.com. BarbecueKansasCity.com. Again, that's BarbecueKansasCity.com. And uh, support Dan Uladal and the folks over Chops. It's a great product. If you think it's over the top, it's not. You're going to be happy you got it. All right, that's uh, Ray Lampy next. Stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today it's a new year if you're looking for a new pellet cooker here's the company for you they got big ones medium ones they even got ones to take on tailgates not only that they can get you pellets to fire those cookers check them out at greenmountaingrills.com that's greenmountaingrills.com i love my green mountain grill you can love yours too if you visit the website or a dealer and or 
All right, stand by for this. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. All right, just like that, it is the Dr. Barbecue segment. And so joining me right now from headquarters is Ray Lamp. Hey, Ray. Hey, Greg. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. You're very fired up tonight. I know, man. I am ready to go. Um, there there was a great thing that I was going to... Here's the thing, Ray, and you have no idea, but I'm going to pull the curtain back just for you because nobody's listening. So I put in hours and hours during the week whenever I can kind of like buy the time to prep for the show and do the research and kind of do some pre-interviews and stuff. And I remember at one point I was like, hey, if you get the show on iTunes, review it because that gives you a little bit more show promotion. Maybe you end up on the, the front page of whatever section you're on. So today I was doing something in iTunes and I pulled up the show and took a review. And the last two reviews were a little lackluster. <laughs> so I was going to read those, but... Uh, as luck would have it, I ran out of time. So I can uh, wait if you want. Yeah, well, that's all right. Uh, maybe uh, next week we'll have a, a little bit extra time to, to go over that. But uh, sometimes it's uh, sobering to see what people think of your baby. And then you just have to remember that, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. <laughs> I wasn't mentioned, was I? No, you weren't. Thank goodness. It was it was all me uh, being a uh, a money grubbing whore from uh, what I could ascertain. But that's all right. That's what it's all about. Uh, right. Oh, I'm sure you're getting rich on this. Huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm living the lifestyle like nobody could possibly believe. Uh, Ray, Chris, best Christmas gift that you got this year. I got a meat slicer, a really nice meat. slicer. You got it. I've been wanting a little upgrade. I had one of them hundred and twenty dollar ones and it just doesn't cut it. And I, I need to make Italian beef, Chicago-style Italian beef here in Florida. And and uh, I found a, a good deal on a used one. Sandy bought it for me for Christmas. So is it good enough that you would recommend? Uh, yeah, except you just have to find a used one. It's a $1,200 slicer, oh, and oh, I used. found a used one for 400 So, All right. you know, but the, what I would recommend is go to a restaurant supply place. There, what it's called, it's like a light-duty commercial slicer because you don't want a great big heavy one. And it's like a third of a horse. It's a it's a nice slicer. It would cost about a thousand bucks new, Ooh. but you should be able to find one in a used restaurant supply store, and you'll be glad you did. All right, uh, Ray got his meat slicer because I remember last uh, last month you were like, "Man, I, I really want a meat slicer." So I'm glad you uh, glad Santa got it for you. That's great. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, I got a, a small handful of uh, Facebook questions here that we posted, and uh, you know some are. Beginner stuff. Some I have no idea how you're going to answer, but that's why you're the doctor. You're uh, you're well versed and educated here. So uh, the first one is from a guy named Jason King, and he is asking: Has Ray used the Kamado style rotisserie inserts? Uh, and I believe there's a name called like a Kamado Mate that's probably generic to the ceramic cookers. Uh, and if you have, what do you think about? It? I, I haven't used any of the recent wave of them. I, I had one years ago. I, a guy, every, you know, as you can imagine, people try to sell us everything you can imagine, a big green egg. And a guy sent some over that was a prototype. And all it was was a bushing that you stuck 
inside the lid. So the lid just rested on this bushing, and it was just a straight rotisserie like a gas grill would have. Well, it was nice and all, and it kind of worked, but it, it's pointless on the big green egg to me. Um, why would you? You don't need that on a big green egg. The way the thing cooks, it just doesn't matter. Um, guys just want to have cool gadgets. So I haven't tried any of the new ones. I sort of figure I'm going to have the same opinion of it, that it's just a lot of flash for no real reason. Um, I just honestly, and I'm, you know, I know it sounds like I'm a suck up, but after 12 years of cooking on a green egg, I just am not looking for anything to make it cook any better. I think it cooks really good. So no, I haven't tried those and I doubt that I will. You know, you I recently, let me tell you a story too. Yeah. I recently tried something and uh, I, I was interested. One of these aftermarket things that came around for the ceramic cookers and I saw it. So I went and paid full price for it at, at a place where people would see me, though. There was nothing I could do about it. But I didn't ask anybody for a discount or a free one. And I paid full price for the thing, put it in my car, took it home, tried it at home. And I have my opinion about it. Well, I found out from a dealer that this a-hole had called the dealer and said, yeah, Ray Lampy bought one of these at full price. And and tried to sell use that as a selling point. And I saw the guy and I told him off because it was really completely out of line. Uh, so you know, welcome to my world. I, I so I I try to stay away from that stuff. Right. You'd mentioned that the the big green egg, and I mean, if if you know anything about the big green egg, uh, you know the cooker itself and and the warranty and the history uh, beyond reproach. But the other thing that you know or you quickly find out if you become an egghead is the fact that. Literally, there are limitless amounts of accessories that, that all of a sudden the cheapest thing that you could buy is like the double XL egg. But you know, all of a sudden you spend $60,000 in, in crazy accoutrements and accessories. Are, is it like uh, Ed Fisher and, and the Big Green Egg folks just getting constantly barraged with buy my idea or help me with my accessory or this is going to make you the next billion dollars or what? I don't know about anymore. Probably, um, in back in the day, you know, we were a lot more. They were a lot more accessible, um, and they did constantly. Uh, and you know, some of it's cool, and some of it is just out there. Um, never fails when I'm in a group of guys with big green eggs. You you, raise, you say, who, how many engineers or, or IT guys are in the room? And half the room is engineers. It's just for whatever reason. It just clicks for those guys. So they buy it. They, are, they can afford the, the thousand bucks to get one. They bring it home. They're, they, they're the kind of guy that gets it and will buy it. But then they get it home and they want to fix it for us anyway. So it's just funny. They, but they still like it. And they just love gadgets, you know, and they love inventing them and they love buying them and they love using them. And, you know, to me, it's not my decision, but some of it would make sense for us. Some of it is just crazy. Uh, although there's been some crazy stuff that sold a lot more than I ever thought would. I told Fred, Fred, shotgun Fred, that the guru was a really bad idea that nobody needed. Oh. That <laughs> yeah. So apparently I was wrong about that one. Yeah. Who's laughing now? Um, all right. Uh, next question is from Scotty Johnson and says, uh, can you ask Ray what his most memorable experience was being on the board of directors of KCBS? Now let me point out something. For the people that don't know Scotty Johnson, A, his foundation is spectacular, CancerSuckChicago.com, and if you haven't heard about it and you're in the barbecue community, you're living under a rock. Uh, so support that. But secondarily, Scotty has really, to me, seemed to have had an axe to grind publicly over the last six and eight and ten months about the board and the KCBS. He's also threatened about coming out of retirement and doing maybe one and a half to two competitions this year. Um What's his deal with the with the board? 
I hadn't noticed the chip on his shoulder. He seems fine to me. Really? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so answer his question. What was your uh, your favorite experience or most memorable experience, which I guess could be negative as well? Yeah, I saw this this question earlier, and I, I, I actually a few came to mind that I can't repeat. But I will tell you, I was on the board when we made the rule that the reps were not allowed to drink any longer while they were working. And uh, and there was nothing they could do. We had caught a couple of them red-handed, and it was a pretty bad situation. And and there were, But there were people on the board that did not want to see that happen, and uh, people in the room, I should say, uh, not necessarily elected board members, but we'll leave it at that. And, and but there was nothing they could do about it. So we, we Jim Ninian was there. I don't remember who actually made the motion, but there was such a shitty things that had happened that, that nobody could vote. You know, they couldn't stop us. So we made the rule. And as far as I know, some of them people have been trying to change that rule over ever since. But, in you know, in what possible way does it make sense for the people that are officiating the contest to be able to drink? So that that's a moment that was pretty bizarre. And, and you'd be amazed how how uncomfortable the whole situation was, but I'm pretty proud that we did it. Uh, I mean, it sounds uh, tongue-in-cheek for me to say, but that has to be kind of a a galvanizing or or defining moment because, I mean, think about it now. If you had judges for the amount of expense that these guys are going through and and the the expense of cookers and the expense of the meats and the expense of getting out there— to have guys that might be half in the bag or worse in a judging tent and their palates are completely dusted off because they've been sucking back on grandpa's old cough medicine for the last no, I'm you know, about two, the three. reps, not not the judges. The judges I think were never allowed to drink oh. the day. I'm talking about the reps oh, basically oh. reps getting drunk on Friday night. Oh. And I mean, you know, some of them Man. would have a beer and some were like <laughs> one guy. He he got drunk drinking moonshine, passed out in a team's camp, and threw up. No, oh. while he he was repping the contest on a wow. Friday. Night. Oh my, yeah. So that's uh, that's probably not uh, the 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 image that KCBS wants to be putting out there. No, they really don't want me telling these stories either. But I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's right. You're not on the board anymore. All right. So that's your most oh. memorable experience, you say? Oh, uh, that's the one I'll talk about. There, there was all, right. all guys. Fair stuff, enough. Man. Um, next one is from Shane. Let me go back for a second. Yeah. You know, one of the things you said, you know, it was a, it was a defining moment. It was, yeah. what was happening was the thing was growing up and, and some people just didn't want to accept it or didn't want to face it or didn't believe it. But the thing was growing up, it was becoming important. You know, I mean, when the contests were just in the, in the parking lot at the golden ox, it wasn't a big deal. When all of a sudden there was 50,000, a hundred thousand dollars on the line, this was important. And, and I think it was a defining moment because it really was growing up. Absolutely. Uh, Ray Lampy joining us here on the show, by the way, drbbq.com, his website. If you have a question for uh, Ray and I to uh, chat around on the next offering of Ask Dr. Barbecue, send it or uh, hit up askdrbbq.com and uh, you can go ahead and submit from there. Next question, Ray, is from Shane McClure, who says, uh, Ray, I'm a backyard guy. I've been considering injecting brisket before smoking it. Is there a go-to injection that Dr. Barbecue uses for brisket? And here's something that I want to say first before you answer, right? Because um, I, back when I started, uh, injecting really was kind of, you know, it was it was it was mostly fab, and uh, there were still I don't know if the majority of guys weren't doing it. Well, majority of guys still probably weren't doing it for both uh, pork butt and 
beef when I was uh, just kind of getting into the show and stuff. Because I remember Fast Eddie saying that he had just kind of, you know, started doing pork at that point and, and whatever. But uh, there was obviously a, a definitive tipping point when everybody just started doing it all together. But as a backyard guy, because that's what I am, uh, I thought it was completely worthless. Why would I inject? This is what the competition guys, I'm not competing. But, but then, uh, you know, I, I gave it a shot. And I got to tell you, it made a unbelievable difference in the finished product. And I'm not doing all the crazy techniques and all this other stuff, but a rub and an injection, and it made a world of difference. So I don't think any backyarder should be averse to trying uh, not only injection, but whatever the guys on the competition circuit are doing. You know, to, yeah, I agree with you. But some of that stuff that the competition guys do, I don't agree with. But the injection, yeah, absolutely. You know, I go back to the early days of this. You know, we were trying to figure out how to make our briskets better. And along came Joe Ames. And Joe Ames created uh, Fab B and and told us all, this, you know, explained it. I had conversations with Joe in the early days, and he showed us, explained what this was about and what it would do to the brisket. And don't, you know, it, damn, if it didn't do it, we were winning. If you ever watched that first year of barbecue shows when I was cooking against Myron and Ed Royth was talking all this shit about he didn't like that stuff injected in the brisket. And I was laughing because I injected a bunch of Fab B in my brisket and Myron injected a bunch of fruit juice because it was at that time, Myron was really just a pork cook and, uh, and I kicked his ass and, and, you know, it was, it was obvious that this was different and it really worked. And then I was a test pilot with David Busco when, uh, we, when he started to make the, the products that he's making now and tried some of that stuff, you know, I was, it's, that's why I, I I really have a hard time. Last year was the first year in since the 80s that I did not cook a barbecue contest. And I just don't have the drive anymore because we were we were really test piloting this stuff. It was brand new. We, when I started, you, there was no such thing as buying a rub. You had to make your own, uh, you know, and, and I, I hate to sound like the, like that old guy, but I just kind of bored by these guys that just do the exact same thing with a bunch of products they buy every week. It just doesn't look like that much fun to me. I like to cook. I don't like I call them technicians, and I know that's probably not very nice, but that's what I think of it. But so, yeah, I'm a big, to get back on the track, I am a big fan of injecting. I don't do it at home just because I don't bother. Um, I don't cook a lot of briskets at home, but even if I did, I probably wouldn't because I don't mind it being a little chewy or a little, uh, you know, a little dry. It's brisket. I'll just put some Jew on it or something. Uh, I, I just, I understand how brisket is, and I'd rather eat it, not inject it. For competition, I would never not inject it. And if I was using it, I would use um, what's David's stuff called? I'm oh, I'm spacing out. Butcher's barbecue. I would use a butcher barbecue. And when I was at the last days I was competing, I was using that uh, prime dust he was recommending. If I was you and I was wanting to cook injected briskets, I would call David and ask him what he's doing these days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ray Lampy joining us here on the show, answering your questions. Uh, last one is from Aaron Jefferson. And it says, uh, Greg, I'm going to compete solely with a big green egg this season. Can you ask the doc what challenges I may face with competing with the eggs solely? Because well, I know a lot of guys like to do multiple cookers for, you know, different meats and, you know, things of this nature. As, a, as an egg cooker yourself, you know, what, what, what can he look forward to and, and what should he be, you know, potentially guarding against, I guess? Yeah, that's what I would be thinking it as an advantage because I, I assume he's got more than one. Um, you need at least three. You could have something off in time for the uh, for the chicken to get done. But you need at least three of them to do it, I feel. You have your brisket on one, your pork butt on one. Although I once won a cook-off in, in Wisconsin with 
a large egg and a medium egg, but I had to get the stuff off really early. I got lucky and it worked out. Um, but I don't see any disadvantages to it. I mean, you got to move the eggs around, you know, but they got wheels. They got that round thing you put on the bottom and rolls around. Uh, I strap them to the wall. I've hauled them all over the country. I, I just don't see that as a problem. Um, I, I just don't see any problem with it at all. I think you're in good shape. Uh, just as long as you got enough, you need three. You need one to cook a butt or two. You need one to cook a brisket or two. And you gotta, you almost need a third one to be able to start your ribs. You can't count on all that stuff being done, but you can count on it being done in time for chicken. So I think three eggs will do it. Four is even better. Um, I, yeah, I think you're fine. Do you suggest, and I'm not mentioning this because they're the longest running sponsor of the show, but do you suggest any kind of a pit temperature control device, or, or do you think that in the beginning it's up to the pit master to, to really learn the fire management and the drafting of a cooker regardless of what you have before you get into that stuff? No, a, a year or two after I told Shotgun Fred it wasn't going to work, I became a big fan, and I've <laughs> used barbecue gurus ever since. Um, now I got a, a drawer full of them outside for competing. For competing, I would always use them because you just don't want to give yourself that that error you know you just can't mess up and you want to stay right on temp all night you want to turn it up 10 degrees you can without a whole lot of fuss i i think i'm a big fan of those things for overnight cooking all the time uh ray lampy joining me here on the show uh drbbq.com is his website uh, Ray, we've got a couple of minutes left so i want to circle back to something that you said when we were talking about the injections um you had mentioned uh kind of offhandedly that there were some things going on in competition barbecue right now that you don't agree with. And I was wondering if you couldn't, you know, list a couple of those out. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I, I had the pleasure of judging the Jack this year, the American Royal Invitational. Um, what else did I judge? I, I've judged, you know, I, I've been out there and judged some of the top food in the country this year. And uh, it, it, it's just, it's so similar for one, you know, everybody's just, nobody has the, and I don't know, it's probably a smart thing to do, but I just hate that everybody's doing the exact same thing. It, nobody uses straight blues hog anymore. And I know there's a bunch of knockoff blues hogs, but they've all got that hint of that flavor. This stuff's exceedingly sweet. I mean, some of it was just ridiculous. Um, and, and the pork, I mean, what is going on with that? What the hell is all those different pieces of the pork butt? That's ridiculous. It all kind of tastes and feels the same it, it's it, it's just i just think it's ridiculous there's no barbecue joint on the planet where you would get that any pork any close to that i actually said that to darren worth one day and he said no that's not true we serve money muscle but they <laughs> roast it serve it with gravy and mashed potatoes for you know they cook so many butts that they just like one day a week they cut all the money muscles off and it's a weekly special but nobody on the planet is serving that so i to me, it barely qualifies as barbecue. Maybe it doesn't. I don't even know. I just don't get that. Why Why don't you just put some pork in the box? How does that make it better? And then the chicken. The chicken's just ridiculous. Oh, I judge that thing down in Homestead, the uh, um, the Michael Mixon thing, whatever they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, like the, the Speedway Racer barbecue smoking thing or whatever. Track. Yeah, yeah smoking at the track. So that was top 10 top teams as well. Uh, the chicken is just embarrassing to me. I'm sorry. I was, I was sitting with Byron, Bad um, Byron, a couple a couple months ago, having a couple of beers, and and we were talking about it. Like, is that even barbecue? If you take some chicken and put it in a pan full of margarine 
and cook it in your barbecue pit and then put a bunch of sweet, goopy sauce on it, and it actually goes on the grill for 10 minutes. Is that even barbecue? And I contend it may not be. I would say no if I was forced to make a decision on that. Um, and I've been around a long time. You know, I know it sounds bitter. I, I, I'm bec- I feel like I'm becoming Paul Kirk some days. I'm just a, a angry old prick. But I, but I really don't feel that way. You know, I won two barbecue contests in 2011. It's not that long ago. Um, I just feel it's gotten so every, and you can't blame you. You spend a lot of money and these guys go cook so much. You can't blame them for not wanting to do different things and, yeah. and lose. It's just a shame that it has somehow evolved to that. Cause there's no rule that says you have to turn in thighs with mushy skin, but there's a whole lot of judges that will talk about the bite through skin. Fuck that. It's chicken. When I put chicken on my smoker, sometimes the chicken's crispy, sometimes it's rubbery. So what? That's what smoked chicken is like. It's, it's not mushy. Uh, so, yeah. Any, is that enough for you? Wow. Ray Lampy shot out of a cannon. Boom. Bring it. Hey, I'm serious about that stuff. It really doesn't bother me. Because I hear I, I wish that they somehow they needed to or need still need to adjust the rules to reward a little bit of creativity. I, I see almost none. And I think it's wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've uh, railed on the the same uh, ideas and and what's happening out there for what seems to be years now. Uh, We're talking with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Uh, He is joining me for the monthly Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. A great one to kick off the beginning of the year in 2016. And uh, we will do it again in the lover's month of February, Ray. Thanks for coming up. Always a pleasure, Greg. Talk to you soon. All right, there he is, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Wow. Look out, ladies and gentlemen. Ray Lampy has something to talk about tonight, and it is uh, the craziness of what is deemed competition barbecue. Hoof! Anella Kelso coming up out of the break. If you didn't know by now, Big Papa Smokers is the one online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. Get there. Number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. They've made a name for themselves by crafting award-winning lines of championship rubs, winning almost every major competition barbecue event in the last handful of years. They cannot be pigeonholed in competitive barbecue either. BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse has put four of the nine rubs on their permanent menu. Look, they get glowing reviews. Take it from me. They're a great addition to anyone's pantry. They're in mine. Big Papa's is also banded together with fellow California-based rub company, called Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense, defying conventional wisdom. These two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from our next guest. Snake River Farms, shipped right to your door from the American Kobe beef, the caribou to pork, the double R ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. They're bringing you the best flavors on the market again this year like they did last year with the Swamp Boy sauce, the Fine Swine sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce. Big Papa's also created and continues to run the BPS Elite Team. Features 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. And they're doing this within only the five and six years they've been in business. They're turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products. Becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Visit BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. 
We're back with Anella Kelso right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from Cleveland, Ohio, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Uh, this portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to buy them as well, and sometimes they just blow them out like crazy with the shipping. So uh, buy or get the Cooking Pellets app. That's free, by the way. And uh, pay attention to the shipping stuff. All right, my next guest is uh, what many consider to be the face of Snake River Farms. Uh, last time we talked about the Wagyu. Tonight, we head on over to the porky side of things. And if time allows, we'll uh, go ahead and get into the double R ranch meats as well. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back a friend of the show, Anella Kelso. Anella, how are you? Good, good. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks for making time, as always, for the show. And uh, so first and foremost, uh, before we get into the product talk, I want to thank you for giving uh, up a, another great giveaway tonight, uh, a 14, I almost said 70, a 14 to 17 pound Wagyu brisket. And then yeah, 70, we don't grow them that big. Yeah, 14 to 70, you know, it's kind of like the cable <laughs> man's window of coming to, to get your cable repaired or installed. Uh, but no, yes. 14-717, one pound Wagyu brisket. And then there's this item that you've included as well. And I'm going to ask you this way out of line, you know, before we get into the, the pork talk. I mean, what the F is a pork collar? Is that like something that you wear out to the clubs and you can find on button-down shirts? I mean, I've never heard of a pork collar, but it sounds great. It is hands down probably one of my favorite products that we sell out of everything. It's a center-cut Boston butt, essentially. Wow. And it is our – I mean, and we're going to talk pork, so you'll – I mean, we'll talk about – about, you know, the Kurabuda and the hogs and what makes them different. But this collar is just phenomenal. It, it is the most marbled, delicious piece of porky goodness you will ever have. Fair and we're enough. given one away. Sounds great. Uh, 14 to 17 pound Wagyu brisket and a pork collar up for grabs. Top of the second hour for kind of seventh grader say it. So get ready to dial in for that. By the way, a retail price for that uh, for both 200 bucks. So, I mean, big money here given away tonight by Snake River Farms. We really appreciate uh, so let's go ahead and, and get at the, the pork side of stuff. As I mentioned at the top, Anella, we talked uh, a lot about the Wagyu stuff last time that you were on. Uh, but there is, you know, another side of the business, which is pork and, and then the double R ranch meats as well, if we have time tonight. Um, I don't know if uh, you see a lot of Wagyu talk and you can do a lot of research on it. And it's uh, it's really buzzy out there and not only the, the competition side of things, but it's becoming more backyard as well. And I don't know mm-hmm. if, you know, Berkshire or, or Carabuda or, or, you know, the heritage breed stuff as, is as prevalent or on the tongue of the consuming public as the Wagyu stuff is. So I really kind of wanted to, to dig down into that. So I guess from a high level, 
what you get at the grocery store pork that way versus what you guys are offering if you could just kind of you know separate out the the features and, and the benefits and, and what makes your pigs what they are so our our hogs are all 100 percent berkshire hogs and so when you talk about like the heritage breeds and the different um you know Lake Wagyu is a big thing now in barbecue and is, are the heritage breed pork and hogs coming on? I think definitely so. I think you definitely saw it this year with Compart. Um, you know, they do Duroc and you see it all over all the posts and the forums and everywhere that they're using Wagyu beef and they're using Duroc pork. Um, we honestly don't recommend our hogs for competition and I'll tell I'll, I'll talk a little bit to that as to why um, as far as eating there it's the best pork you're ever going to have in my opinion obviously I'm a little bit biased but um, Berks are or Berkshire hogs they date back over 300 years they were fat, you know discovered in Reading England there's a the beautiful story that goes behind them regarding the British royals maintained the Berks and um, you know they were first exported to the U.S. in um, the 1800s and um, to be considered a Korobuda or black hog, um, it's considered the equivalent to Kobe beef. And so it became prized and called like the Korobuda and black hog because of that, because the, the marbling and everything that you see in the Korobuda pork is similar to what you see in Kobe beef. And anyone who doesn't think so, just needs to check it out and slice one op- slice something open and you'll see it. Um, a lot of time, like when you, well, I mean, pork in and of its own was, has been dubbed the other white meat. You know, it's the other white meat. It's not chicken. Our pork doesn't even look white. It looks red. I mean, it looks, it's, it's the Kobe beef. It's the Kobe of pork. Um, in 99, it was mandated that to call it Korobuda pork, it had to be purebred Berkshire. It could only be purebred, 100% Berkshire hogs. And our hogs are all of that. Um, they are genetics, gener- the genetics date back to the Shire of Burke. And I mean, and you, you can find, we have a ton of information on our website. So if you really want to read like the history and all that kind of stuff, it's all there. And, you know, you can read about it, everything. Our ancestries are all filed with the North American Berkshire Association. But what makes it different is that it's, we use no hormones or growth promotants. Um, ractopamine is kind of a big thing in hogs and we don't use anything like that. Um, they're, everything's slow fed. So just like our Wagyu's are fed, up to three times longer than commodity cattle. Our hogs are fed about 10% longer than commodity pork. We have a small family uh, of network of co-op farms that are in the Midwest and now actually in Idaho too. So we have Northwest and Midwest farms that are growing our hogs for us. Uh, We don't use gestation crates. Everything meets the standards for marbling and meat color, which means the marbling has to be higher. The meat color has to be redder. And it just puts out a super consistent, tender, and flavorful product. Can you tell me, you'd mentioned Duroc, and then, so Duroc and Berkshire are two different uh, heritage breeds then? Am I understanding that right? Okay, so... correct. As someone who's probably done their due diligence and, and tasted, and as you said, you're biased, which I understand. Like, wh- what's the, where are the palate differences between a, a Duroc and a, and a Berkshire? 
pork in your estimation? You know, when you really start getting into when you really start getting into um, the taste levels and the tenderness levels and the difference, especially in heritage breeds, um, there a lot of times you really you can't you can't tell a huge difference from breed to breed, but you can in the in the Berkshires. So we ranked Berkshire hogs and Corabuda pork in general, not just Snake River Farms, but Berkshire hogs ranked number one in 19 out of 23 sensory characteristics tests with the um, National Pork Board. And it's it goes into like pH levels and firmness and meat color and the quality of the, the loins when they're cooked. And it's just a different... It's just a different taste. It's like when you're eating the difference, you know, when you have a choice steak and then you have, a, you know, American Kobe steak or a Wagyu steak, you can taste that difference. And um, with any kind of, you know, heritage breed, you're going to taste a difference. With the Berkshire brand, with the Berkshire breed, you're going to really taste the difference. And you're going to see the difference. I mean, like I said, when you cut a chop and it looks pink, it looks red, it's, you know, you're getting something different. Anella when you Kel- eat it, you can totally taste it. Oh, yeah. Anella Kelso joining me here on the show. SnakeRiverFarms.com is the website. If you want to check out some of the stuff that we are talking about here this evening, go ahead and uh, race over there and get some info. Um, in regards, so, uh, you know, it almost sounds like from being able to, you know, the genetics and the, the history that you have, it's almost like this pork is in ways like uh, varietals of, of grapes that you would find like, you know, tracking, uh, uh, you know, a French wine back to, you know, the Rhone region or, or something along those lines. Well, certainly. And it's the, you know, it's the same way with the, you know, we get a lot of people that well, we can't call your beef Kobe beef. Well, we don't call our beef Kobe beef. It's American Kobe beef, but we can trace the genetics clear back to Kobe. Just like this, we can trace our genetics back to um, the Berkshire you know, areas in, in England. And so it's just something that we, we work really hard. Um, it's not big factory farms. It's, you know, we know who our growers are. It's very similar to our beef programs. Um, you know, we're farm to finish and we are involved in every, uh, process, every step that, that is taken in our processing. Our processing plant for our hogs is in Twin Falls, Idaho. It's about uh, two hours south of me here in Boise. And it's a family operation that's been operating since, I mean, as long as I can remember. I grew up in that area. So it's all, it's all very family-oriented. And, you know, we work really hard to just make sure that that product is going to be quality product day in, day out. In regards to the the taste and everybody's palate is a little bit different but from commodity pork as you had mentioned it to you know somebody getting you know a, a chop or a ham or, or ribs or whatever um h- how are you able to quantify the the difference on the palate um i think that it, it's so hard to explain like when when people call me and they say i mean i get asked all the time what's your favorite steak what's your favorite thing yeah. what would you order if you were ordering today and I talk, you know, I talk about our beef and our beef is amazing, but I always go back to our pork. And um, I should have sent you a picture so you could so you could pop it up there. Of, we have a picture of our pork collar um, that is it looks like beef when you slice into it. It has that palate taste. You know, it's it's really tender. It's really flavorful. You don't have to worry about covering it up with something. 
like a lot of times when you cook pork, people cover it up with stuff. And with this, you don't have to. Anella Kelso joining me here on the show. Um, perhaps a, a better question that I should have asked is, you go to the website and you see, look, uh, I mean, w- when you're doing it the way you're doing it and you're taking the care that you're doing it and, and you're doing the processes that you're doing, you know, there's an inherent cost that goes into that. So that's obviously going to translate onto the price point side of things. So when people go in and they see, you know, X amount for a ham versus a $20 ham, yeah. while it should organically go, well, something's obviously different and it's not going to be worse for X amount more money. The American yeah. way is I'm a cheap bastard and, uh, you know, I want to get the best for as little as possible. So when people go, oh, my God, well, I can buy a, a ham or, you know, whatever these ribs for this much in the grocery store, you're able to kind of lead them up to uh, the Caribou because of what you guys are doing out there in the field and, and how you're raising them and all this other stuff, correct? That, yeah, that and it just tastes better. It's if you ever want to if you ever want to kill if you have a few minutes to kill and you want a good you know smile go out and read our reviews on our bone in Karabuda hams. I mean we have people that legitimately when we were when we were approving them we were like we can't put this up and we're like well yeah we're gonna put it up but people comparing them to you know paintings in the Sistine Chapel people who tell us they have vegetarian friends who they didn't care they still ate ham you know they ate this ham um, we've kind of become known on the Today Show uh, with Al Roker he has loved our products forever and so it's kind of jokingly called the roker ham because he always talks about it on the show and um he gives he actually gifts hams to all of his friends and families for for christmas and so um yeah see you start scrolling through and you're gonna see that pork collar picture i'll tell you exactly which one you'll know which one it is when you see it um it's it's like on a white background and it's just marbled and so when people ask me you know is it worth is it worth the money? It's the same thing I say when you ask about our steaks. Yeah, you can get a really great steak at the grocery store and you're going to go home and you're going to cook it and you're going to enjoy it. You're, you're going to get good pork at the grocery store. You're going to go home. You're going to enjoy it. This is just so much better. Yeah, and, You're going to uh, enjoy it more. The good news is I went to snakeriverfarms.com, and uh, I actually have a picture of the pork collar up. And you're right. I mean, it does look like uh, a steak or, or, or a beef cut. It's crazy. Yeah, and if you actually, if you can, there's like multiple pictures of that pork collar there that you can scroll through and check out. And um, they are, it's just, it's different. Oh my. And so it's my, that's a that's a great sandwich, but that one, and then there's one more. They are oh, just. Yeah, that looks like the Kobe beef. It does. <laughs> and, and look at that. That's, that right there is my favorite picture. And wow. when people ask me about our pork, that's the one I get bummed about. I'm like, look at this picture. It is, they look like steaks. It looks like carpaccio. I mean, it, it just is different. And you don't get that in the grocery store. You don't see that in the grocery store. If you saw that under pork in the grocery store, you wouldn't buy it. Yeah, absolutely. It would, uh, it would blow your mind. Or you would think that the butcher has probably mislabeled it uh, undoubtedly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Anella Kelso joining me here on the show. Uh, so let's go over quickly the, um, the different pork options as far as cuts that uh, Snake River Farms is offering right now. So we, we have a lot of different cuts. I mean, we have the same cuts that you're going to see on, on commodity hogs. Um, we have, and like I said, I'll talk just a second, if you don't mind about like the whole barbecue thing and why we don't recommend the, yeah. we don't recommend our ribs 
for competition barbecue. Obviously, the pork collars, you'll see it in the comments, are straight up illegal. You can't use them in comps. <laughs> and so, um, but they're just, the, the heritage breeds are smaller hogs. And so when you, when you bring commodity hogs to market, they're just much heavier. They're much big, bigger. Heritage breeds are not. And we've chosen to bring ours at a smaller weight because the meat is so much better. Um, I was actually talking to our pork program manager today, like, I got to do this show. I need, I need a little bit more info. And he just said that's a lot of what it is, is that when, when Burke's put on weight, they don't put it on in, you know, the ribs don't get bigger and those kind of things. And so it's a matter of they, they're smaller. The ribs are smaller. Do they taste great? Yeah, they're phenomenal. Do they look great in a comp box? Yeah, probably not so much. But we have a lot of options. Um, I mean, we have your regular. We have pork chops. We have um, hams. We have tenderloins. The collar is probably my favorite porky option. Um, and we have a what it's called a curabuta pork loin roast. It's a um, center cut loin roast that you can pop in your oven and it's done in an hour and a half and it's delicious uh we have the best bacon ever in the history of the world and again i'm a little bit biased but um we have really great um crown roasts we have prime rib of porks that the chine bone's been removed so they can easily be sliced into double cut chops if you're interested in doing that. Um, we, we offer the full line. We have boneless and bone-in hams. We don't do a spiral cut, um, but we have boneless and bone-in. And our hams are by far one of our most popular items on the website. Yeah, um, and, and I have to say, and uh, Travis Clark is, is weighing in as well, saying that the, the ham that he got was amazing. And, and I got one too, and, and I have to tell you, it was – so. We sat down, the five of us, uh, so I got a wife and, and three girls, so, you know, enough man in the house, evidently, because I'm just surrounded by, I'm a man on an island in Ella over here. So we cooked it, and we're eating it, and we're like, wow, this is really good. We, we're not really big ham eaters, so it's not like we had just had one to compare it to, and we're all like, yeah, man, this is good, but is it that good? And so we're trying to, to be a little bit reserved, and then the next week I went out, and I got a ham from the grocery store, and I cooked it the same way. And halfway through it, the girls, I'm, I'm, they got up and they left the table. They're like, no, this is not it. It had dried out. It was, it was nowhere near as tasty. And uh, the bottom line is um, now the girls expect me to, to drop 150 bucks on a ham because it's so freaking good. And I'm like, girls, you're going to have to get used. This is like special event ham. They're like, every day has got to be a special event because we can't go back to eating what you just put on the plate. I mean, you spoil people, I think. We really do. And, and we get that a lot from people. And they'll say, you know, this is once they have it, they'll say, I'm never, I can't go back. I'm, I'm not. And, you know, I think Trav, I think Travis actually um, did his sous vide or something like I, that's that. That's what and, I did. I did sous vide for like uh, yeah. 15 hours at 140 degrees or whatever, because that's how uh, Darren Worth had told me uh, how he was doing it. And man, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And that's, I think that that's the biggest thing. Anytime anybody ever says, you know, oh, what makes your pork so different? I mean, there people, because people really do, they look at, you know, they're like, it's pork. How can pork be that different? Right. It's that different. Right. 
And we don't do anything fancy to those hams. I mean, we hardwood, you know, old recipe, hardwood smoke, and, you know, and you don't have to do a glaze. I mean, there's some cool glazes and stuff that you can do with them, um, but you don't really have to do anything, and they're just phenomenal. And everything's that same way. The crown roast, um, Sterling Ball did one of the crown roasts, I think, for Christmas as well, and I saw pictures over Christmas, and it just looked phenomenal. Our pork shoulders are massive. They, I mean, they're like a 14 pound pork shoulder. So it's a lot of work when you're, when you're doing a whole shoulder and most people don't do that for comps, um, et cetera. But yeah, I've been, Travis has actually been buying the pork collars forever. He got like a killer deal one time where I don't know how he swung it, but he got like four of them for 40 bucks or something like that. And has let me know about that all the time. But yeah, they're just really great. It's just a really great product. And I really can't say any, I mean, I really, when, until you taste it, you don't know the difference. That's right. And I think if you go out, this this is one, there's a lot of things out there in, in the barbecue world that you are a, a little hesitant on pulling the trigger on. But once you do, you're like, wow, I can't believe I waited this long. And so let me push you over the edge and say this is absolutely one of them, uh, whether it's the beef, uh, and I've had the pork and, and the ham specifically, so... Uh, this is definitely something that you that you want to try, and we're talking with Anella Kelso from Snake River Farms. Again, the website, snakeriverfarms.com, and we're going to be giving away a brisket and a pork collar here in a couple minutes, uh, which, again, I thank you for. Uh, anything else before I let you go, Anella? Uh, we are celebrating National Meat Month all month long. So we have new specials every week. Uh, you guys can find them on our specials page. This week we even have briskets which we never have briskets on special, but there's briskets out there. The collar's actually out there. It's kind of all things barbecue this week, and then we'll just be trucking on the rest of the month and celebrating all month long. Double R Ranch Meats up for the next interview. Thank you so much, Anella. You bet. Thanks so much. All right, there she is, Anella Kelso. Breaking it down when it comes to the, uh, the pork. And I'm telling you, I know. Trust me, I know. It's it's too much. I can't spend that much. And I'm not saying that it, it's got to be like an every... Why am I so hey, out of Helen color, Paradise man? Hey, you Helen Paradise. Barbecue Central show. Get me to my outro music. Um, it is special event. I mean, you, you, unless you're, you know, millionaire or very well to do. It's probably something you can't eat every day. But, man, it's good. It's good. Pull the trigger on it once. Live a little if you can. I know sometimes we can't, but if you can, it's worth it. All right, folks, uh, let me talk to you about Cook Shack. So thankful for their customers, vendors, dealers, distributors, employees. They send a special Happy New Year wish to all the Central Lights here on the Barbecue Central Show. Cook Shack manufactures uh, electric smokers, pellet-fired smoker ovens, pellet-fired charbroilers, and pellet grills. They sell accessories, sauces, rubs, wood, pellets to use in the ovens and grills. With a variety of sizes and styles, Cook Shack can fit the need of any customer. Cook Shack provides commercial and competition cooking classes, online recipes, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com and pelletcooker.com, their blogs, and their social media groups on the Facebook, the Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Instagram, LinkedIn. They also have a world-class barbecue forum if you're still into that. On the competition circuit, Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champs. Teams from Coast Coast and Canada are using smokers and pellet grills from uh, all over to get in the winner's circle. The FEC 100 can handle all four meat categories with ease, while the Fast Eddies by Cook Shack PG 100 and 5000 
or pellet grills that can smoke on the indirect side and grill on the direct side. Your purchase comes with Cook Shack's unconditional 30-day money-back guarantee. Buy any Cook Shack product. If you're not 100% satisfied, return it within 30 days for a refund credit or replacement. Cook Shack dedicated to crafting smoker ovens for genuine pit barbecue and wood-smoked flavor. They continue to develop and improve their products with an inspiration of smoking made simple. They would love to share their passion for barbecue with you. Give them a call. I urge you. 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit CookShack.com. Or PelletCooker.com. All right, we're over. I apologize. Let's catch up a little bit. Get ready to play. Can a freshman, uh, sorry, can a seventh grader say it? For a huge prize pack, a Wagyu brisket, a pork collar, $200 in value. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. We got to get through uh, this real quick. And here we go. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two seeds for wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you have to shut your face. Yeah, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> all right, just like that, we're in the second hour. Before I get into that, call in to win your chance. Come on, man. You don't want a 14 to 17 pound Wagyu brisket and a pork collar. Regular retail value of both with shipping 200 bones. Can you? Can you? Guess. Come on. Can you guess it right? Can a seventh grader say it? Come on. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is uh, the number you get in touch with me. We do have a caller on the line, by the way. Hold on there. I, I see you. If you can hear me, you're going to be playing. So get very excited here. Now I have to uh, get this ready here. Okay, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a game show sweeping the niche, soon to be the next sensation, if I may say so myself. It is, can a freshman, uh, sorry, can a seventh grader say it? Hey, all right. Uh, this game is simple. I'm your host, Greg Rempe, and all you have to do, being a caller on the line, is answer three of five correct words that a seventh grader is reading on paper, and then she has to correctly enunciate it out of her face hole. If you can guess that right three times out of five, you win a 14 to 17 pound Wagyu beef brisket and a pork collar, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my, doesn't get any better than that. 
All right, so we do have a caller on the line. So we'll do a little introduction here. Uh, caller from the 631 area code. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sorry, from Hello? the 669 area code. Tell us about yourself. Oh, that's me. It's uh, James from California. All right. James, how are you, man? Good. All right. James, are you ready to play the game? I'm ready. You know how to play the game? I do. All right. Let's play the game. Uh, James, if you're a lawyer listener to the show, you know that we have been playing a game called Can a Freshman Say It? However... Tonight, we have changed tracks a little bit and gone with a seventh grader, say. <laughs> We're throwing in all the tricks here tonight. Let's play. Are you ready for your first word? Can a seventh grader say it, James? All right, hit me. All right, James. First word is cash. Not like the money, but like on your computer or bandwidth operation. Cash. Can a seventh grader say cash? I believe so. I think the seventh grader can do it. Seventh grader can say cash. We'll lock you in for yes. I think it's a leap myself. A lot of people in the chat room are with me. But this is why we play the game, James. We go to the seventh grader. Show me cash. Cash. Uh, look at you. All right. James knows the seventh graders out there. Good for you. All right, let's go ahead and play the next one. You got one in. You need two more to win a 14 to 17 pound brisket and a pork collar. Wow. James, that's 200 bucks, dude. Are you kidding? Okay, you're not kidding. All right, let's go to the next one. James, I put a microphone to the seventh grader's face with a word on paper. That word is catastrophic. Can a seventh grader say catastrophic? I think so, yes. Right. James thinks so. We will go ahead and lock you in for yes. For two in a row, let's go to the seventh grader and show me catastrophic. Catastrophic. Wow! All right. This kid is smart as hell, James. Wow. Where'd she come from? Here we go. James, I don't need to tell you that you are obviously a genius. And one more gets you $200 worth of beef and meat. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, James. Catastrophic. All right. Yeah, we heard that already. Sorry. Production uh, difficulties, my friend. Um, we asked a seventh grader, can you say, well, <clears throat> can you read and then say correctly the word deterioration? Deterioration. I'm going to go with yes. Seems like a smart seventh grader. Wow. Seems like a smart 7th grader. I don't know her, but I'm not going to deny that, of course. I would never deny that. <laughs> For the win, show me. Deterioration. 
deterioration. Oh my lord, look at this guy. It's James. He's going crazy. James is going crazy. He has won. James, I'm about to list off what you've won. Sit down and strap in because you might think it's Christmas. A 14 to 17 pound brisket, Wagyu style from Snake River Farms, and a pork collar. Can you believe it, James? That's awesome. Thanks, Vanilla. James, uh, would you say that this is the best post-Christmas present you've ever gotten? It's, it's, it's the only one, and it's best. It's the only one. Well, of course it is. Thank you. All right, James, uh, shoot me your shipping info, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and uh, we will uh, coordinate to get that shipped out to you, my friend. Very good. Thank you. All right, thanks for calling in tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, James is a wiener. Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, I have like uh, 700,000 calls coming in because everybody wants, you know, the free brisket and pork. <laughs> I know, I know. Only one can get through and James won. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Can a Seventh Grader Say It? We'll be back with something unique to give away next week. It's probably not going to be $200 worth of uh, pork and beef, but you never know. Until then, this is your program host saying so long, everybody. All right, that was great. Uh, congratulations to James again for winning. Again, that is a 14 to 17 pound Wagyu brisket and a pork collar. 200 bucks worth of stuff plus the ship to him. SnakeRiverFarms.com anteing up uh, for this prize pack. So uh, thanks to Anella Kelso for uh, making that happen. And uh, James, enjoy. And I can't wait to A. So here's what I require from James. Uh, let me know when you get it, and then let me know when you cook it, and then most importantly, let me know what you think after you eat it. Because let me tell you something: that pork collar, after seeing you know five or six different pictures of it while I was talking to Anella, I all, all of a sudden I'm a fan. All of a sudden I'm a fan. I got to try one of those. Um, still to come on the show tonight, and I don't know where I am time-wise. Well, I'm still right about on time. I think I caught up pretty good. Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue Team is going to be on. We played kind of freshman say. Uh, so he's going to be on next segment, and if he's willing and we don't get through the stuff, and trust me, uh, I spent roughly three hours over the weekend uh, putting together this cavalcade of questions that we're going to be running Travis through. So if he can hold over through to the second segment, it's going to be a, a potential Clark crew barbecue team. Second hour. No surprise there. Of course. Let's just get after it, man. I'm ready. Let's just get after it. Let me talk to you quickly before we get a little Travis style, get a little butcher barbecue style while you're at it. That's right. If you're like me and you love to kind of ante up the barbecue and grilling game. And look, if you're a competition guy and you haven't gotten on the Dave Bosca bandwagon, uh, what are you waiting for? It's like buying some other pit temperature control device from somebody other than the barbecue guru. I mean, what are you doing? Dave Bosca is here to get you winning. Dave wins with his stuff. If Winning with your own stuff isn't proof enough. Look at all the other teams that are using Dave's stuff. If you're a competitor, 
make your New Year's resolution to stop being a dumbass and get to ButcherBBQ.com. Get a, and if you have some injections from somebody else commercially made, go to ButcherBBQ.com, hit the trade-in link, and send it all over to Dave. Get rid of it. You don't see drug dealers buying back their bad cocaine, do you? No. Dave, while not dealing illicit drugs, will bring his competitor's stuff into his house and get rid of it for you. Who's doing that? Nobody's doing that. Get over there for crying out loud. Look, we all know butchers, well known for the injections, as I just said. Uh, The myriad of injections, the pork, the beef, the prime... The open pit, the bird boosters in varying flavors, <laughs> all available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. You want a sauce? Yeah, you want a sauce. You want Butcher's Barbecue sweet barbecue sauce. Uh, if you're like me, you may be a bit picky when it comes to barbecue sauce. And if you're not making your own homemade sauce like I made over the weekend, you reach for a bar- uh, bottle of Dave sauce. Uh, buy six. Quite frankly, it's going to go very fast in the house. And don't worry about breaking the bank on shipping. Just what you thought. He couldn't do it himself any better on the shipping. He smacked around the federal government again. I mean, forget Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump for president. Dave Bosca for president. That guy is, is owning USPS. To say that the United States Postal Service is Dave's bitch is an understatement. He smacked them around plenty early and off twice on Sunday. Eight bucks for anything. One bottle, 50 bottles, 7,000 bottles, a pallet full of, of injections, eight bucks. Come on, when you nuts? Get over there right now and hook up with all of the stuff. The grilling oils, which we've been giving away on this show the past couple weeks, it's all there, butcherbbq.com. That's butcherbbq.com. Always trust your butcher. Many people trust the butcher, by the way. Uh, Travis Clark starts what could be a myriad of segments right after this. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Look, all I got to say is I had all the time. I'm just, I suck. I just suck. Uh, let me tell you quickly before we get to Trav about the Amazon link on my homepage. I've said it. I've said it. I've said it. Go to the BBQCentralShow.com. And if you shop at all on Amazon, uh, do me a flavor. Hit my website first and then click on the Amazon.com link. Uh, there is something that if you rest your cursor on amazon.com those are a little drop down don't worry about the store amazon.com will highlight white click it go through there and shop 
Uh, we get a little kickback here on the show if you buy. It doesn't increase your price, of course. We're not here to do that. No, no. But little percentage here. We reinvest into the show. Everybody's a happy camper, okay? Hey, my first guest in the second hour has won the right to be called KCBS Team of the Year for the next year. Here to recap a season and what 2016 might look like, pitmaster of the Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Please help me in welcoming Mr. KCBS for 2015, Travis Clark. T, what up, man? How are you there? You living right? What's up? I'm just excited to have you. What's up with you? Oh, man. Living the good life. No doubt. No doubt. Dude, so uh, you're the pork collar guy, I understand. Oh, dude, I ripped her off on those things. Yeah, good. Somebody's ripping her off. Yeah, you did it. Congratulations. (laughs) The cops are on their way, by the way, in case you heard sirens. So, look, uh, I mean, if you're the pork collar guy, um, can you explain, like, like how awesome they are, I guess? You know, uh, I've never even heard of them. Yeah, I started get, getting a little crap from people, and I, she uh, called her. I was ordering some briskets. She's like, "Have you ever tried our pork colors?" I said, "No, no, I haven't." And uh, she's like, "We got them on sale right now." So we're talking on the phone. I pull them up on her website while I'm on the phone with her, and she's like, uh, "We got a, you know, I don't even remember what it was. It was like buy one get one free." And she's like, she's like, she's like, and I'll, and I'll give you a discount on them right now. She's like, because I think we're done with that sale. Well, it was still up on her website. So I ended up getting a buy one, get one free. Wow. And they had like a four pack of them for for half price already. So I ended up getting four of them for the price of like one. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I got one over on her. So it, t- uh, talk to me about prep I, on those. You like those? Yeah, they were good. We, uh, I'd like to tell you, I smoked them and did some amazing with them. We actually cooked them in a the damn oven. And uh, did a glaze and stuff on them. The wife did. They're actually fantastic. Yeah, I mean they look. I mean, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fat in them. My kids were complaining, you know, because there's a, there's a lot more fat in them than, than than like a normal pork. But the flavor was crazy good on them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Travis Clark joining me here on the show. All right, so uh, I have a lot of questions for you, and hopefully you got some time. Maybe I can hold you over. I'm going to ask you, uh, right. you know, launch the. Uh, the, the question up front, if you if I could hold you over for a second segment. Um, oh yeah. So let me let me back way the f out here real quick for the people that might just be tuning in tonight or just kind of getting into competition barbecue here this year. That's their New Year's resolution. A uh, little quick background about Travis Clark, uh, the Clark Crew Barbecue team, kind of when you got into to competition barbecue and how you found out about competition barbecue. Cool. Um, it was like three years ago. Uh, at the American Royal, um, that weekend that was going on, I was in Kansas City doing a kidney walk for a good friend of mine who had a kidney transplant in Kansas City. We could smell the smell the barbecue going on. I kind of figured out what was going on, asked around, and uh, the American Royal happened to be going on, wasn't too far away. So I got online, we did a little looking, told my wife, I said, before we head back home, we were living in, in, in far western Kansas then, I said, I want to go down and check it out. You know, I was a big barbecue eater. Loved it. Never knew anything about competition barbecue other than watching a little bit on TV. You know, you see it on there, but know nothing about it. Well, we had seen Johnny Trigg, of course, you know, 
one of the first people we walked by is Johnny Trigg. I told her, oh, my God, you know, there's Johnny Trigg. <laughs> we checked it out, walking up and down the aisles, met Rod Gray, talked to him for a little while, fell in love with the with the Jambo pits there. And I, I was a big biker. I had cool Harleys and everything. And uh my wife, I said, man, I could get into this. You see all these guys having fun and, and just having a good time. By the time that deal was done, I made up my mind I was going to take Rod's next class. And uh, I was going to buy a Jambo. And I drove home from the Kansas City Royal, or from the American Royal, talking team names, trying to come up with a team name. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, obviously, Clark Crew Barbecue Team, one, one could kind of surmise. Uh, were, were there any other um, viable options aside from Clark Crew Barbecue Team? Yeah, yeah. The first team name we picked, um, my nickname, everybody always called me Big T, so I was going to be Big T. Oh. Well, hell, then as I got into that, you know, I... I didn't know Ryan or nothing. And he started kind of looking into it and getting on there. And I was like, oh, damn, there was already a team name named that. And I started looking. And there's a lot of duplicate team names for people. Yeah. And they were putting, you know, love Georgia and of here. And I was like, I ain't doing that. You know, I I thought it was kind of chicken shit to do to steal some dude's name. So I just, uh, we just kept going. A couple friends of mine, we, we had a couple different options. And that was Clark Kruger since, you know, we were going to do it with the kids and everything. It's just kind of kind of how it rolled and now it's kind of fitting actually travis clark joining me here on the show pitmaster clark crew barbecue team the uh, 2015 kcbs team of the year trev let's roll back to the end of 2014 the, the team finishes seventh overall fifth in chicken seventh in ribs tenth in pork <clears throat> 116th in brisket um god damn is that so, what it was yeah, I mean, I got I got to research, right? So, uh, so I got my yeah. game on. What changes are you looking to make to, you know, one or or any of the categories during the off time to gear up for 2015? Yeah, you know, 2014. I mean, we we it came down. I mean, we really had a, a badass season. I mean, you know, overall, I think we won. Yeah, what did we win? Seven contests, reserve five or six out of out of 19 or 20 comps. I mean, we did really good. And brisket, to be honest with you, is what kicked my ass. I mean, that hundred and something cost me a few contests and and, and probably a few places in overall. And it, it just was something I, I mean, that was the category for me that that I knew I needed to work on. And it wasn't that I wasn't cooking a good brisket. I just wasn't consistent. You know, we'd, we'd knock one out of the park once in a while. I just wasn't consistent with it. And, and I knew that was the thing I was going to work on. And, and, and I did, we worked hard on it. And I mean, the things I changed was, was obvious. I was doing something that I tell people in my class now never do. And that's do consistency. And, and I wasn't doing that. I was cooking a choice brisket one weekend and then I, I'd be somewhere and I'd find a great prime brisket. So I'd buy it. And, and then we'd have a big contest coming up. So I'd buy a snake river farms, you know, and I just bounced around you know, and I wasn't hitting great all the time because I was never cooking the same shit. So, you know, it was, it, the hardest part was trying to hit my marks. If so, if if all you hear, all I ever hear talking to the to the pitmasters week after week for the last seven eight years is consistency, consistency, consistency. So it would Absolutely. seem almost like smack in the face, like, "Hey, Travis, why are you buying?" three or four different kinds of meat, depending on what week it is or, or where you're at. Why aren't you loading up or at least buying, yeah. you know, the, the same grade or whatever to, to at least give you some form of consistency to trade off like that seems 
Like, yeah, well, no shit, you're 116th. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's probably a damn miracle that we were 116th with as much changing as I did. I probably cooked, I don't know, I'd have to ask Anella, I probably only cooked uh, maybe six or seven or eight Snake Rivers last year. I mean, not three or six or seven. I, I don't know, not that many. And a couple choice and several primes. You know, I was going through the store and you'd see this big old two-inch flat, and I'm thinking, good God, it's the brisket. If that's the one, you know. Well, hell, it might not have had great marbling. And you got to think, I mean, that was, I've only done 69 contests now. I mean, and 39 of them was this year. So I was relatively new and I wasn't looking at a lot of the things that, that I should have been looking at, you know, and it, it was a, it was a growing pain. I mean, it just, you know, once I, once I figured out, you know, Hey, cook the same thing. Well, okay. So that's one thing. Well, then I say, what do I feel is the best thing to cook? And, and to me, I, I think a Wagyu with a Snake River is a badass brisket. And so, okay, well, if I'm going to do it every week and we're going to do serious, this is what I'm going to cook all year long. This is what we're going to do. And, and also, you know, my, my, my new sponsor, the Kansas city barbecue store, they, they started providing me with, with briskets this year. And, and that helped also, but I mean, honestly, I would have done it either way. Once I, once I started hitting them, I mean, I try to tell people cooking a snake river it's not going to be the thickest. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, some of them are, but, but the thing is, is the thing has so much fat in it. It's like a damn brisket with training wheels. I mean, it, it, you have such a more curve. You can overcook it a little, you can undercook it a little, and, and it's a little more forgiving than, than, than what a choice is. Travis Clark joining me here on the show. Clark crew, barbecue team, pitmaster. In regards to mindset, uh, Trav, do you already know going into 2015 you're going to make that run for team of the year, or is it something that you ended up kind of building into as the year went on? Oh, no. I knew I knew what we was going to try to do. I uh, I came home from King of the Smoker last year, and, and I, I ran out of vacation time. We moved to Oklahoma, and, and I started this new gas plant up, and I just didn't have a hell of a lot of vacation time. And, and I really felt last year that I was cooking just as good as anybody. I just didn't have the time to go. You know, we came out of the gate last year and just crushed it. And then I took a couple months off basically and got this plan up and running. And then I just couldn't, just couldn't hammer down. And I was very proud of what we did. And, and you, you know, and after the Royal, we didn't cook a lot. I was like, you know, Hey, I'm good with it. You know, we did good. We got up to number two in the nation. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that. It's pretty damn good. You know, when somebody else has done, you know, 35 and we only did 19 or whatever. I, I was real proud of it. And then as the year went on, as we started getting down, you went from second to fourth to fifth to sixth and down to seventh. And I told my wife, I said, man, I, that sucks, you know, and it don't suck. I mean, there's something to be proud of, but I mean, I want to win. I mean, I, I mean, it's just, I'm not, not being a sore loser. I just want to win. And, and I, we came home from the king of the smoker and I told her, she, we were talking, you know, it's a 1500 mile drive home. She said, well, why don't you get any next year? And I said, as many as you'll let me. And it, the joke kind of went on. She said, what do you want to do? I said, you don't want to know. And she's like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to cook 40 times. I want to win 10 grand championships. And I want to try to win team of the year. She's like, we'll do it. And I was like, no, I'm serious. She's like, we'll do it. Count so so I, I, I told everybody what we were going to, what we were going to try to do. The only variable in that was, is I'm not dumb. If I wasn't cooking good, I wasn't going to cook 40. I just wanted to be in the position if we were cooking good to be able to. So if I come out and, and it wasn't going well, I'm not too proud to admit, hey, shit ain't working. I 
I won't go cut forty. You know, I'm not. Yeah, not cutting but, the not cutting your nose off despite your faith. Um, no, no. I, I just I just wanted to be in the position to to make a run if we were in it. So competitions go hand in hand with that decision. So how far in advance are you planning ahead and? Are those contests strategically chosen to give you the best position for team of the year? In other words, some teams will do certain contests because they like them or they know a lot of teams that their friends with are going to be there, and they're not necessarily factoring in points per se, where other teams uh, for team of the year are like, hey, it ain't about hanging out. It ain't about going to, to do contests I've always done. This is a points thing and, 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 a, and the best case for me to win thing. How did you guys plan that out? You know, I, I started out the year, and I really should have probably listened to people more. I'm starting out the year. Rod Gray told me, he said, if you're going to make a run at it, cook 35. He said, that's what that's what the points are, 35. Well, I, I, I listened somewhat, but I was still into, no, I want to go cook this contest. I want to go cook that contest because there were contests I wanted to do. Point Points-wise, I didn't probably cook the smartest schedule. I should have. I, I cooked. I looked at contests a lot last year, as I, I felt that I wanted to prove I was one of the best. I would get a team list, not not to see who was there and go the other way. I would get a team list to see where the good teams were, and that's where I wanted to go. Oh my! And that's probably not the smartest thing in the world. <laughs> you know, a lot of people see Butcher on a damn team list and they think they want to go the other way, and I'm thinking, hell yeah, let's go cook. Let's go cook with Butcher and Donnie. You know, it's. And I don't know. My wife didn't understand it either. We argued back and forth. She's like, you know, she'd see somebody go somewhere and, and do what a lot of us think would be a cherry picking contest. She said, why won't you do that? And I, I just won't. You know, and I, I drove a lot of miles, and it was kind of dumb. You know, when I drove a lot of miles, I went to the biggest, best contest I could find that weekend. You know, we went down to Georgia. That damn sure wasn't my easiest option, but it was cool. They had a really cool trophy. And, so we drove down there, but strategy-wise, probably not the smartest. And doing it that way, it ended up making us have to cook the whole damn year. I mean, it came down to the hell. I don't know when the last one was in November or something. It came all the way down to the end. You know, Travis. I think to most folks who were following Team of the Year points, the race was kind of pared down to to a two-horse run by, I don't know if it was like mid-end uh, of summer kind of a situation. Of course, you know, history has yeah. shown that who is at the top of the board in, let's say, July isn't necessarily standing there in December. So how are you guys well, feeling about, you know, the, the mid-year point? You know, um, honestly, about mid-year, I mean, not being arrogant, but I think we pretty much knew barring some miracle it was pretty much me darren and dave you know i mean we we and it was just a weird year because we had both come out hot and just and just really jumped out there you know a lot of people don't even really get heavy until the middle of the year and i remember yeah. talking with darren at, at a contest we was at and he's like hell he goes there's no sense in it this year he goes geez i have to win like seven you know to, to catch you guys and that was like in freaking july or something you know we, we just jumped out really early which which was weird you know and i mean we're probably lucky darren didn't because he could have probably still kicked our ass but, but i mean it, Dar- darren has darren has said on uh, i think i had asked him earlier in the year when he was on this show uh when he was you know putting a good string together and it was 
I guess what what some would consider a three horse race. But early in the year, he said, "Hey, team of the year ain't me." You know, if if I'm yeah. if we happen to win it because we did, but here's our cutoff date. And, you know, if I win it, I'm fine, but I ain't chasing it like he did, you know, two or three or four years ago, whatever he did with uh, Steve Farron and Rod Gray when Rod ended up winning yeah. that year, which was a great you know, year. But it was you and Dave. Done it, that, that's one thing. I guess I've never done it, and it was important to me to try it one time. That's what I've told all my friends. I said, I'm going to do it once. If it works, great. If it if it don't, I'm probably not going to try it again. And, and right now, sitting here right now, I, I've told everybody all winter, I wait, don't want to do it. Wait, 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 wait. I would, don't, 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 I would don't, don't, love don't. to do it. Don't don't say anything about that yet. We're not there yet. We have plenty oh. of questions to talk about what we're going to be doing this season. So hold on a second. Oh, 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 we yeah. got a lot of shit to get through here, but, man. You know, Darren, Darren's been there, done that. I mean, the guy's cooked. Jesus, he's cooked a lot of contests. I think he told yeah. me earlier this year he did 42 one year. You know, like we did 39, 38, or 9 this year, and I thought that was insane. So, I, I mean, yeah, I can imagine adding four more. I mean, I freaking started in January. We did one in January, and I mean, I couldn't imagine cramping that down to do 42. You know, that'd be, be nuts. And we had several doubleheaders in there. Yeah. Travis Clark joining me here on the show from uh, Clark Crew Barbecue 2015 KCBS Team of the Year. Um, Travis, the gauntlet of October, November comes through and kind of goes, these are the biggest events uh, of the year. The Pitmasters want to win regardless of if it's a, of a Team of the Year run or just to kind of notch it up as a, as a Pitmaster during their career it is more than clear at this point the Clark Crew and American Dream are the ones that are going to be kind of running the team of the year doorstep. So does the team start yeah. looking for events that might be uh, a little light in competition but heavy in teams to increase, like, yeah. chances of GC and, and a points at? You know, I, they, they may. I was in a different position where where I was in first place I, I didn't have to win another contest. I needed to try and stop Qualls from winning another contest. And, and it was a, I mean, you know, we're friends. So, I mean, it was a, it was a deal. He knew what I was trying to do and, and what he was trying to do. We're both going after the same goal. You know, for him, it's smart to cook the contest that, that he felt he had the best odds against. You know, he, he, he could basically pick where to cook. And, and I felt my best chance was to go cook the same contest he was at yeah. because my head to head record, you know, I think me and him cooked head to head 20 or 21 times and I'd won 15 and he had won six. So I felt that my odds were really damn good going against him. And he is smart enough numbers wise to know what works, what his best odds are. And it's what he does for a living. So, I mean, basically Dave got to depict the last, October on, for the most part, where we were going. I mean, it was literally, a, he'd go to a contest, and I'd try to figure out which one he was going to, and that's where I'd try to be. So, you know, in regards to teams picking, you know, let's call it light competition, but heavy in teams, you know, to you, is that kind of a like a, a dick move, or is that smart gamesmanship? And let me give you an example, I guess, um, uh, specifically of that. We saw... Uh, Dave run out to Southern Ohio to do a contest and end up, I think they ended up uh, RGCing, but if they win that, yeah. it probably betters their points. There was a lot of teams there. Oh, yeah. Now 
best teams in the KCBS. They're not in the Buckeye State. Sorry, Ohio. It's the truth. I live here. So doing an event here in Ohio is probably less competitive than you're going to get in Kansas or Oklahoma or even Georgia, for that matter. So, look, you know, if it were me, that's how I would do it. I would plan out my whole schedule by any means necessary, light in competition. If I'm winning team of the year, I would do the exact opposite that you did, Trev. I would stay away from Butcher. I would stay away from Donnie Teal and everybody else and get big competition teams, but like light in the uh, in the thing. So, I mean, you're, yeah, you're still... You know, I guess my, my thing, I got a lot of friends that have been there and done it, you know, and... and I, I, I hear people talk, you know, oh, you know, I can't believe they did this. Can't believe people did that. I, you know, you remember the year so-and-so did it and they ran from them. I, I wanted to do it where nobody in the country could say I ran from anybody. But if, there, it's, I, Trav, know, if it's your money, that was, that was important to me. Travis, if it's your money, what does it matter what anybody else, nobody's helping you just, fund I, this I, or, or what? If there's anybody no anybody that knows me knows that it ain't the money. It's, I want to win. I want to be the best. And I can't say, I'm the best if I don't cook against the best. All right. And that's just me. It ain't the money. I mean, you damn sure don't want to get yeah. in this for the money. That's what I got my real job <laughs> for. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just it, to me, I, I want to cook against the best. And, and, and I had a hell of a lot of guys. I mean, young guys, old guys, you know, guys that have won team of the year. You know, I've had a bunch of them. I mean, I, I can't even count how many told me, so you did it right. And to me, that means a shitload to me. You know, I mean, that that means more than the damn ring we're going to go get here in, in, in the week is. You know, hearing it from guys like Craig telling me, you know, you did it like nobody's done it in a while. I mean, to me, that's cool. You know, that's... That that, that that holds value with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Can you can you wait? That's uh, one of those ones. I'm that, I'm that guy that'll give you your $1,000 in prize money back if you give me a $200 trophy. Uh, Travis, you, know, you, you you're the guy that's going to fight in a bar. I'm the guy that's finding the open door in the back and running out of it. All right? That's the difference yeah, between me no and you. Shit. Yeah, no, all right. I'm that guy. Uh, so can I hold you over for another segment? Oh, yeah. All right. Stand by. We're talking with uh, Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue. Wow, this, uh, this conversation is going about a thousand times better than I thought it would as well. By the way, he didn't back me up when he said I would slither out of the bar, by the way. Did anybody else notice that? <laughs> He's right. Let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, the longest-running sponsor of the show. Look, folks, if you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I don't get into the minutiae, but imagine a product, folks. If you set this pit temperature with this product, there it is. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Maybe you're a busy working professional like me. Travis is a busy working professional. Perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids. You're doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and set and hold pit temperatures. I get it. I'm right there with you. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And it maintains that pit temperature you set it at. you got the CyberQ Wi-Fi. You have the Party Q. Runs on AA batteries. It can go from cooker to cooker to cooker. Easiest point of entry in the market right now for automatic pit temperature control devices is the Party Q. $149. Come on. $10 more for the ceramics because it's got a little adapter there at the bottom damper. In the market for a cooker, how about the Onyx Oven? It's been winning on the competition circuit and in backyards for years now. Fully insulated, holds a lot of meat, accommodates the half and full pans for food service. You know it's going to work seamlessly. 
with the barbecue guru pit temperature control devices do yourself a favor head on over to thebbqguru.com check out their products if you have any questions about what to order call them directly 800-288-GURU they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box don't guess if you go to the website and you're not sure don't guess call them ask the pros they'll get you set up they'll do it right thebbqguru.com the barbecue guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology all right i'm letting everybody know right now uh, especially kevin bevington of home uh, of uh, outdoor cooking channel we're probably going to go over time tonight okay i'm saying it right now preemptive strike is taking place there's a good chance we're going over tonight but i'm not stopping and i don't care i'm a bull in a china shop you bitches and travis clark is here to back me up we're back with him right after this stick around we'll be right back get in the smoke call 877-448-0433 to get on the air now here's your host greg rampy all right welcome back 216-220-0966 greg at the bbq central show.com your uh, two bits of contact information travis clark joining me here on the show Trav, thanks for uh, thinking with me through the break here, and uh, we continue on. So let me uh, let me ask you this: uh, In the end, no one able to overtake you. You secure 2015 Team of the Year for KCBS, and after you've had yeah. some you know time to kind of absorb it and, and talk about it and, and uh, marinate with it, what does it mean to you to be the Team of the Year for the largest sanctioning body in the world? You know, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm very proud of it. I mean, that's it's probably you know one of our biggest accomplishments in barbecue. I mean, I, I'd say that's one of the the biggest things we've ever done. It's I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm proud of that. I, I'm more proud of you know stupid stats that don't mean anything. Like what? Than, than I am. You know, I mean, like cooking. 39 contests and only been out of the top 10 three times. That's a bullshit stat to everybody but me. To, to me, it means a lot. You know, it, it shows consistency to me. You know, that's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm damn proud to, to be team of the year. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's just stats like that to me mean more. I mean, I can look at that and see if a guy was consistent or if a guy was lucky, you know, look at my head to head stats with somebody else. I'm proud of stuff like that. You know, I mean, I look at it as I got a, a big learning curve. You know, Darren, Darren Worth probably the only guy in the country that has a winning record on me. You know, to me, that tells me I still got a ways to go. You know, may everybody else may think it's cool, but I, I, I see that I'm not, I, I'm, you know, I got a hell of a lot of work to do. You know, it's just it's one of those deals. I mean, I was, I was the best on points. It doesn't mean I'm the best cook. Trev, uh, Dave Qualls called into the show uh, unprovoked at the at the end of the show last week uh, just for a little quick hitter deal. And he said jokingly that American Dream Barbecue team was first loser in 2015. And I know, look, nobody knows more than me. Dave is a competitor, and there is probably he a is. small percentage. And, 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 and Chris, yeah. you know, his wife is, is just as fierce. I, oh, mean, yeah. I mean, she, I, I remember talking, you know, that's the thing everybody think me and Dave didn't talk. It's shit, me and Dave talk. 
I mean, we, we talked all the time. And when the season was early, Jesus, we probably talked three times a week, you know, and, <laughs> and me and him told each other right off, you know, we, we said, let's get after it and let's show them what Oklahoma was about. And, and we did. And, and me and Dave both said, he said, no matter what, you know, one or two, you know, we both got to be proud of what we did. And, and I would have been, but I mean, Dave didn't want to, he didn't want to lose and neither did I. I mean, that's just, that's what we do, you know, and that's hard when it's, when it's a friend of yours and you guys are competing, you know, and it's a guy, you, even if it's just a guy, you know, I mean, it's, I like to see other guys do good, you know, and it's kind of like when I took a Rod's class, you know, and I, and it still beats in my head is you know, I don't, I don't go to a contest to beat anybody, but I go to win. And that, that, and that's how it is. Me and him had to look at each other. Yeah. We're still friends when he was, when he was getting, not very good rib scores. I, I was, he'll probably tell you the same thing. I was one of the first guys to call him and said, what the hell do you need in ribs? Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's because we're friends too. You know, that's, I'd do it to butcher. Shit. I mean, I'd give my sauce to them or whatever, you know, I mean, if they wanted something, you know, me and me and butcher talk, you know, we're competitors, and, and, you know, going for the same thing every single weekend head to head. I don't know how many damn times. And, and we talk three, four days a week. You know, so I mean, you're, you're, I don't know, you know, it means a lot to you, you know, the friendships you get with guys like that and, and the respect you're in guys like that to me means as much as winning the damn thing. So there's probably a small percentage of Dave, you know, knowing him like I do, you know, in and out of the show that, that probably believes that he thinks he's, he's second loser or whatever that percentage is. So if there was a flip flop at the end, your second place, would there be any thoughts resonating with you? Or the same thing, like you're like, damn, you know, we put all this time, all this effort, it's second place, or, or do you have to take the, second place the, and the be thing, like, yeah. the things I'd be second guessing <laughs> is is the things I'm second guessing now. You know that I still look at it and think, man, you know, how were we that close? You know, if it was still 50 points like it'd been the previous years, you know, we win by 150 points, right? But, but it ain't. It's 35. And, and what's crazy is how tight a race that made it. And I think it's exactly what KCBS wants is that it was probably damn entertaining for everybody except Dave and I. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, I don't think either one of us enjoyed that. You know, making it, it basically meant to what we had to cook every weekend. And I, I don't think Dave feels like he, he lost anything. You know, I mean, shit. I mean, he, what, uh, what Dave had, I think he had 10 GCs this year. I mean, that's, that's freaking nuts. You know, that's a lot of, there's guys that have never won a contest. He just freaking won 10 of them this year. You know, so I mean, either way, the dude's a badass. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think you were headed down this road, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago and I stopped you, but uh, I've had team of the year winner on this show every year since pretty much the beginning of it. No one, no one has said that they were going to be turning for a defense the following year. So let me ask you, the reigning KCBS Team of the Year Pitmaster of 2015, the Pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue, will you be making a specific run in 2016 to defend the KCBS title? I can't. What? Oh. I uh, give you an again. idea how much time I blew doing it this year. I started out January 1st last year with 200 hours of vacation time. I started out January 1st this year with about 90 hours. Wow. It, it's, uh, you know, my vacation starts over in September, and I blew the wad to do it this year, and that was just a choice I had to make. It was, 
you know, finish it this year, save some, try it next year. And I actually, at one point, I, I got to where I was thinking, I told my wife, I said, I don't have the time to do this shit when other people could drive, you know, a couple of days to a contest that was a lot smarter to cook. So I said, I don't have the vacation time to do this shit. I was, it was pretty obvious where I had to go cook. And so I thought about it. I was like, well, screw it. We could just do it next year. And she's like, you kidding me? After last year, you regretting not finishing? She said, you're finishing. And, you know, the little pep talks like that once in a while from, from her and some friends of mine, it was, all right, well, we're going to finish it, which ultimately kind of kills kills the chance to do it again. If I had the vacation time, I would not say no. I, I would I would not say no. I would see how my year started off, but I would not say no. There just seems to be, the way it's set up, it, it just seems to be no feasible, unless you're independently wealthy and you own oil fields in the Middle East and, and whatever, that a team can sit there right after they've won and go, hey, not only are we going to defend next year, but if we win it again, it's going to be an endless defense no matter what. The season yeah. is so yeah, long absolutely. and the expense is so much, and you have to take, I mean, you said you took, you know, however many hundreds of hours of vacation, that it's yeah. just not set up to go, to to make an attempt to go back-to-back, let alone go back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, doing, using that much vacation, it don't even show how I had to do it. Using that kind of vacation, if it was within three hours, I still worked a full day on Friday. You know, I rolled into contests. Oof. You know, I rolled into Huntsville, Texas at 2 o'clock in the freaking morning. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning. You know, I mean, it was, I, I worked to get there. You know, and here, here, this says a lot about a guy. When I rolled in at 1 a.m. in the morning, the guy that parked me was David Qualls. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, but that, that kind of showed you, uh, you know, so I mean, you got to give the guy props. I mean, that's, <laughs> but I mean, it was, you know, I got caught in an ice storm on that one, but I, you know, I was working up in North Dakota. I and went and cooked. Uh, I mean, Butcher and Qualls and everybody were cooking in Poria, Kansas. I literally flew in at uh, midnight on Friday night, which, which Thursday morning, Friday morning, Thursday midnight, however you look at it. I, I flew in from Emporia, came home, hooked onto my trailer, got it to the house, um, trimmed, trimmed, uh, started trimming chicken and made sauces and injections, slept for a few hours, loaded up, went to the contest. I had to go to a meeting that morning at work. Then I went to the contest, pulled in that late afternoon, and ended up cooking a contest. And I was just a couple spots down from Dave, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And I, mean, I was like, dude, I got to. You know, I got to. You know, <laughs> all the calls was here. I got I to gotta try to win, you know. And, and, and we did. We won that contest. But, I mean, it was just – it was stupid how we had to do it, you know, to put that kind of time into it. I, I wouldn't do that again. If I had the vacation to not have to do that, I would do it again, but I wouldn't do it the way I had to again. In any event, you take the title uh, 2015 KCBS Team of the Year, which you can, uh, and nobody can take that away from you. You go back into the annals uh, 10, 15 years from now, uh, Clark Crew reigns supreme over a 2015 competition season. So, uh, you know, a, a complete success all the way around once you get to the end of it, uh, you know, regardless of, of how you skin the cat to do it. Let me talk to you about some yeah. other topics here, Travis, because I'm interested to get your opinion here. There's no currently there's no mandate that requires teams to be members of the KCBS to cook. Do you think that there should be 
a requirement for teams to be members of the sanctioning bodies they compete in, especially since the judges do. And this might also build in kind of a more accurate way to see what teams compete year over year and how either growth or contraction takes place uh, as a metric. I I do. I I think the Cook and KCBS contest, I think you should have to be a member, but I also think they ought to give give them a contest to decide that. I think you should get a, you know, you should be able to get to cook a contest to decide if this shit's even what you want to do. And if it is, and you want to cook another, I think you need to be a member. I do. I do think that. I mean, do you think that, I don't, I don't want to sit here and argue with you, but I mean, it's not like, um, people don't know what they would be getting into at this point. Or do you think that is that some people just actually need to get their, their feet wet or, or get into the fire one time to, to really know what they're getting into? Well, you know, some people, I mean, I, I think they do. I mean, I think there's a big difference between a, a backyard. When I, 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 I'm all for them promoting backyard and getting people into it. And for that, I don't think they, I don't think they should have to be a member to do backyard or anything like that, even if yeah. it's judged by it. But I think if they're wanting to cook in the in the pro side against guys like this, you know, and we pay our dues to do it, you know, why why shouldn't everybody? Travis Clark joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue Team 2015 Team of the Year, by the way, for KCBS. Another item that I want to talk to you about, expensive barbecue. I mean, who knows better than this than you, right? I've been asking pitmasters this the past few weeks and would love your take on it as well, Trev. Is there a feeling around the circuit that whether it's people coming up to you or just a feeling that you're getting, that teams need to have, you know, the high end pits and use all the specialty meats in order to give themselves a chance at success in a contest. And it's natural to want to uh, imitate what's winning but my concern is that, you know, while there's some teams out there that have the ability to spend endlessly and get what they want because they're bringing it in, right? It's, it's money coming in and they have it and they can spend it. There's a bigger percentage of teams out there that are keeping up with the Joneses and aren't and, and they're spending college accounts or taking out second mortgages on houses or, or whatever and maxing out credit cards to get what the other teams are, are having. What do you see out there? You know, I, I think it has got silly how much money people spend. Right. I mean, I've been next to guys that have cooked four Snake River Farms briskets at a contest. And to me, that's freaking insane. You, know, you see them cooking eight to ten racks of ribs. You see them doing that. That To me, that's insane. But, I mean, if that's what they got to do and they think that's what it makes them win, who am I to tell them no? I would never do it. There's no way. I, I generally always cook one brisket, you know, three pork butts, four racks of ribs, you know, four ounce, four pieces of chicken, maybe more. Um, I, I think it has gotten to where people think, you know, they got to have more and more and more. And, and, you know, <laughs> I've had guys, you know, tell me, you know, cook one brisket and, and focus on it and cook it right. You know, I mean, you can't tell me that you cooking four briskets, you can, you can mail all four of those. It ain't going to happen. You're going to, overshoot one and under so i mean i think there's people that blow a lot of money but uh, on the other aspect of it i think i've spent a ton of money where people probably think it's dumb and in the fact that i knew what i wanted to do this year i knew i was going to put on a lot of miles i bought a new truck 
I bought a new trailer. I got a new Jambo. I mean, I got a lot of shit in it. Yeah, there's a hundred grand. So who am I to tell them they're wrong for buying four briskets when, when I spent a fortune on that? You know, it was, to me, what I did was an investment. You know that that I felt made it easier for me. And if they think you know spending that kind of dough on that much meat at a contest is something for them, you know, let them have at it. But you know, me and Sterling Ball have had had this talk many a time of how competition barbecue has gotten damn expensive. And, you know, he'll tell you he thinks Wagyu brisket is one of the things that, that have done that. And because of brisket's 200 bucks. And, and I agree. I agree. If KCBS came in and said, hey, you know, everybody, you know, it's choice brisket. That's what you have to cook. We'd all cook it. We'd all save a hell of a lot of money. But as long as that meat's a choice, I want to cook the best I can get. You yeah. know, I mean, to me, that's, that's the minute. If, if you're telling me, you know, it's $100 more for a brisket. To me, I'll, I'll do it every freaking weekend because I, I want the best advantage I can, you know, leaving my house. You know, pork butt's the same thing. I mean, it, you know, I want to, if I open up a package of pork butt, uh, you know, Butcher had a picture of today. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, pork I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, shit, my ass would have been to the store so fast and, and bought another pack of butts. I mean, I wouldn't even think about it because my, my wife would be the one to tell you, I'm so freaking OCD. If I sit there and second guess myself for one second that I, I should have left that pork butt at the house, I will think about it the whole freaking weekend. After turn ins, I'll still be thinking it. So to me, if I get something and I don't think it's there, and I've trimmed out some briskets that I had cuts, and I've trimmed out pork butts that I had, but if I have something that I'm even second guessing in my head that now you can do better than that, I, I won't even think twice about it to put it in the put it in the freezer and, and go get something else. Do you think, Trav, that the the growth or, or the popularity of, of the Wagyu briskets has now become commonplace with the judges? So even if, if you are a competitor that you don't want to, that it's, it now has become almost so mainstream that you feel you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you're not putting it out there for the judges to taste? I, I don't believe that. Not yet. I do not believe that. Not yet, or you don't I, think it's going to happen. Had, I've had guys choice briskets. I've cooked them, and I've cooked prime briskets that are that are freaking amazing. And I think I think a guy can take a prime brisket and cook it just as good. I just think he has to be a better cook, and I think he has to do a better job of cooking the damn thing than he does with a Snake River. That that's where I think a Snake River Farms brisket is, is like training wheels. It just gives you a bigger curve to play with. I, I feel that you have to be a better cook, and you can't miss a step cooking the lesser brisket. And that, that's how I feel about it. Travis, point blank, in regards to the expense and, and everything that you just said that you bought for the upkeep, like, how do you do it? Are, do you, you make a lot of money? Do you just have, you know, this is a hobby and I, then you're I just going to do it? I have a good job. I have a really good job. I mean, working for, I work for One Oak. I mean, I have a good job. And this year, my barbecue, probably this year, we, I mean, we, we did good, you know, I mean, we won 13 contests. I mean, so we had some pretty good ones that, that paid a lot of the stuff, but, but I couldn't do it if it wasn't, honestly, if it wasn't for my sponsors, you know, the Kansas city barbecue store, they, they gave me pretty much most of my product I needed that, you know, they, they first the majority of my briskets for the whole year. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, Jeff and Jeff and Dan, those guys, that, that's huge. Honestly, it would, 
I would have still done the same thing I did this year, but I would have used a hell of a lot more of my own money. And that was huge for them to do that. Um, you know, I, I mean, injections and stuff, you know, Cosmo sponsors me there. My rubs, Rod, Rod sponsors me on, on the majority of my rub I use. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I have a lot of support, you know, on, on stuff like that. It, it's just that it's that entry fee and it's that fuel that, that adds up. And that, that's the sponsor everybody wants is somebody with some dough to, to help with that. And that's what I had to had to cover. And the majority of the time, our, our contest did, which I, which I was very fortunate for that. And that don't happen very often. You know, I mean, you're, you're not going to get into barbecue to make money. I mean, I don't know anybody that's going to do that for, for me, we, we were lucky enough to, to start doing classes and that footed the bill for, for the rest of our season. You know, we, we put on classes and, and did that. And, and for us, that wasn't, that wasn't something I'm lining my pocketbook with. We, we, we used it for competition. You know, that's what we, we got a jam, but that's what helped, you know, pay for a truck and all that. We put it right back into barbecue. So if, if you wouldn't have had the sponsors, you still would have done the the frequency of competitions. It just would have cost more money out of your pocket. Absolutely, yeah. I, I was going to do the same thing I did this year with or without them. They were all just an amazing help. You know, I mean, you you say you couldn't have done it without them. I would have, but I promise you, my wife wouldn't be happy, and, and things would have been very stressed. But I mean, no matter what, I mean, I had a, I had a goal in mind that I was going to do it. But you know, when a guy can get get support like that, it, it's it's amazing and. And who knows, my whole season could have been different because that took so much of the stress out of it. You know, hell, add that level of stress to it when you're putting it all on your own. You know, when you have to win, that's freaking hard to do. You know, it's – so, you know, it's hard to say. You know, yeah, that could have changed the whole season if I didn't have the support of those guys. You know, it may not have changed anything. could have changed it all. How many classes did you guys put up? We did one in November. We got one in January. We got one in February, and I just released one today for in April. And okay. that's that's probably going to be it's probably going to be it. I didn't. I had I had several people that wanted in on the February one, and I got a lot in at one time, and it it kind of started to fill up really fast, and kind of I actually got a few too many in it, and and for we so we got another class, and a couple people transferred over into that one, and. uh so, so we're going to do that April one, and, and then I think that'll be. I mean, that really didn't have a lot of other times. That's when I wanted to compete. We're talking about doing one up in Chicago at, at a Cabela's up there. I'm not sure, not sure of a date on that one yet, but yeah, they're they're really good. We gave, you know, we we give away a lot of seats for our classes. You know, I gave one to to a soldier at Fort Riley. You know, that wounded warrior that cooked up there. I gave one to uh, Jim Berg and them for their raffle. They do one for Campus Wilkerson. We give them away to guys that that can help them raise money, you know. Uh, so, you know, it's not necessarily important to me uh, on making a lot of money. If you can, it's crazy how a seat to a class can help them raise a bunch of money. So that's pretty cool to do. You said you gave some classes last year, like during 2015, you, you were able to do some classes. We, we we did. We did a November class. We did one. Oh, just one last November, and. and that was a very crappy feeling doing that. I mean, I had a very uneasy feeling in my stomach doing that. That was that was when we were getting down to the race, and and that weekend, you know, there was the contest down in Georgia, and that's Dave went down to it. And I mean, you're trying to teach a class, but all you're thinking is, 
God dang, why didn't somebody text me some results or something? You know, it was just, you know, you're sitting there thinking about the whole time. And, and if I was in a points race and if I had any idea that it was going to be the kind of race it was, I'd have never booked that class. But once you did, you're, you're committed to it. You, you had to do it. But it was when, when it was down to the wire where every single contest mattered, you know, that was, that was the week before my last contest. You know, we did that class and then turned around and went down to Knoxville that very last weekend and we won that contest and that closed it out where, where he couldn't catch us. But when you're there and you're not at a contest, that's a very uneasy feeling. <laughs> Travis Clark joining me here on the show from uh, Clark Crew Barbecue Team uh, recapping 2015's KCBS Team of the Year win. Uh, Travis, in regards to, to fiscal year last year, what were your like gross winnings for 2015? You know, I don't even know. You don't know? I don't see- I don't know. I uh, I'd have to look and put in. It was a it was a lot. I mean, for what we did. I mean, last year was pretty good. I'd have to. Uh, I don't even know. It was. I don't know. I haven't figured up all my so uh, uh, all my stuff yet. I have a I have a method to the madness. I was trying to paint a picture for people because you you were saying if you get into barbecue, you know, you don't get in it to make money. So I, you know, I'm trying to illustrate. Here are your winnings, X amount. What were your expenses? Yeah. What were your expenses for 2015? Oh, I don't know. If I did tell you, I wouldn't. If I did know, I probably wouldn't tell you for sure. My <laughs> wife would actually listen in. <laughs> so, well, so here's the question. Here's it was a lot. I, you know, as, as much as much as we won, yes, and as much as we did, I, I'm sure we probably still. You know, if you figure in my truck, if you figure in my truck payment and stuff like that, yeah. I didn't make no money. So I that's the, I didn't make no. In the end, that's the question. You see the big winning, but the, the, nobody... the only thing that put us into making money would have been my classes. Well, that that's the yeah, other that... thing, right? Is is the, is is the class? So like, what what do you net out of of a class? You know um, what you could, I guess. You know, I'm six hundred dollars a seat, and you know, if you have thirty people, what's that eighteen thousand dollars? But you know, we've gave away seats in every class, so that's not that much, and then. Yeah, but you have you expenses know, uh, to put on the class. Hey, you got to yeah. rent a place, or you got to get your shit, and you got to get yeah, all the yeah. I had to rent a place. There's a couple grand to rent a place. I spent a thousand. Our, our class, we do it a little different. We we don't we don't do a cheap meal. We we cook free ribeyes for the meal. Oh. There's a thousand dollars in steaks. I mean, there's if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it top notch. I mean, that's or I'm not gonna do it. Did, I mean, that's just so. So if we if we subtract the class out. You're probably in the red, even winning team of the year, more or less. Yeah. Okay. So then tack on the class. So maybe you're in the black. Yeah. Do you think that You know, and that's the kicker with the, the in the black, it let me let me get a new truck. It let me get a new trailer and it let me order a new GMO and you know, I mean, and that's that's the things. I mean it's it's like a business, it's cash flow. Yeah, you know, but, I'm investing. I feel like I'm investing in what I'm going to do again right. this year and next year. You right. know, so it's a you're you're taking that money in the black and you're just you're just dumping it right back into what you're doing. It's yeah, not we, going we into didn't, a bank account. We didn't account. take a cruise. It all pretty <laughs> much goes right back into barbecue. And, yeah. You know, I got a I got a new jam bar. I'm going to go get next week. I'm going to turn right around and, and get one of Jamie's new ones. You know, his uh, those J3s and J5s. He's redoing like the noses on them. Where they're rounded now. I mean, they look badass. I'm gonna, I'll be getting me one of those real quickly too. Are do you think cooking classes are 
are, are getting a little overplayed, or do you think that people are, are wise enough to weed out who won last week for the very first time ever and is now giving a class versus taking a, a class like you or, or, or Rod Gray or, or somebody else that has been winning? You know, if I was going to take a class, I would never take one from a guy that, that won one. I would never, ever do that. Me, I, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to take Tuffy Stone's class this weekend, leaving, leaving Thursday. Let me ask you um, something. Hold on a second. Yeah. Why? That it's it's you not. Know, I, I like. I, wait, I think, no. I, I like I don't Tuffy. Care who you are? I like Tuffy. If you can't if you can't go to a contest or go to a class and learn something, you, you found yourself. I mean, they're Tuffy's so freaking smart. I'm not going for his recipes. I got my own recipes. I, I promise you, I'm going to watch Tuffy do something that's going to give me an edge. But if you're winning. KCBS Team of the Year. Tuffy should be taking your class, right? Yeah, but it, it didn't matter. I mean, hell, I can look at it. He beat me at the jack. I was fifth. He won it. You know, I mean, he's. You know, if I can go, if I can go take his class, I, I would pay a thousand dollars to walk out of that class with one thing. You know, I don't know what that one thing might be, but if I sit there, I promise you, I'm going to see him do something. And I'm going to go, holy shit. You know, it, it may be the way he trims something, the way he finishes something. I'm not going for his recipes. I'm not going to know how to cook. I can cook. I cook as good as anybody. But there's going to be something in that class I will learn, and, and I'd have paid two grand to learn that one thing that I'm going to learn. I promise you I'm going to learn it. And, and if Tuffy came to my class, he would tell you the exact same thing. I mean, I had guys, very experienced cooks of mine, and they're like, holy shit, I've seen you do this. Where the hell did you get that? That's the thing that I'm going to learn from somebody else. Everybody in this country, I could go take Donnie Bray's class. I'm going to walk away from that. There's going to be something. But, you know, I also think it's very important to take take a class from somebody that cooks. If you're new, like to me, I wanted to cook on a Jambo. So to me, you think a Jambo class at the time, that's Rod Gray. You know, I cook on the pit he is. I mean, I literally, when I started out, I was looking at a freaking notebook. Rod puts his ribs on at 8 o'clock, and it's, and it's, here it is. This is what he does. And I followed it by a notebook because I didn't know how to cook. And, and and I started winning. So, I mean, and I took crazy amounts of notes. The thing that drove me crazy was people sitting in my class, and you see them get five pages of notes, and the next guy next to them has 40 pages of notes. <laughs> I'm thinking, how did you only take five pages of notes? You know, I mean, I mean, I gave up tons and tons. Everything I did starting the year to what I did finishing the year, they walked out of there with three different recipes from last year. You know, I mean, and I told them, this is what I started out. I switched to this, and this is what I ended up doing. You know, and it's it's crazy, but some people, they, you know, once again, who am I to judge? Maybe they were there for one thing, to see how I managed my fire. You know, there, there was something they were there to do. Travis, would you like to see a more condensed barbecue season? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Like, ideally, what yeah, would you like to see? Yeah, you know, we, we talked about this out of Kingdom Smoker with, with Sterling and them. You know, for having to go from January to November crazy. is stupid. Crazy. It's time. crazy. Right. It's crazy. But but if the thing is, like, me and Dave are both in that. If Dave is willing to do it, I have to be willing to match and do the same thing or, or whoever, whoever that would be. If one guy's willing to do it, the other guy has to be willing to do the same thing or it's over. You know, and and if the points thing was higher, it would have been over a long time ago. But, 
you know, hell, who knows? There, there's so many factors into that. I mean, I, I think it's silly that it goes so many, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's probably several ways they can do that. I wish they could do strength of schedule, but how do you do that? You know, I mean, that, that's, nobody has a real solid way of doing that. You know, I wish head to head factored in for extra points. If you looked at that, I had great numbers with that too. And there's nothing to factor in on that. I mean, it's just the, the way it was, we had to cook the whole year. And I, I, I'm pretty sure if you ask Dave, he didn't want to cook that damn much. Me and him talked several times how we were tired and burned out, but, but he was willing to go that extra mile. And so was I. Yeah. So you, you got to do it. Last question, Travis, and I appreciate the time tonight. Uh, how lame is the allowance of kale as a garnish when, in fact, garnish is still listed as optional in the rules? It shouldn't, AIDS. Shouldn't, shouldn't that be AIDS. Shouldn't that be the major change? Shouldn't that be the change in the section? Mandating the use of garnish versus what yeah. types are allowed if you don't technically have to use yeah. them? Uh, when I, you know... I, I didn't like, I don't know. I didn't like that rule. Use it if you want. I don't care. I'm not going to change the way I do. You know, I, I ran a couple boxes this year with nothing in it and did fine. You, you know, didn't I mean, put I any didn't, garnish in the box? I didn't promote it, but I ran boxes that didn't have any. I did a brisket box, took second place. It didn't have nothing in it but meat. Really? Yep. I ran a rib box, did the same damn thing, and, and we took, a, I had 12 ribs, six on top, six on bottom, not a damn thing in that box. Just to be a just to be a smart ass. And this was early in the year before points was in it. And we figured one ribs. Really? <laughs> and it was like shit, you know, and, and I could have made a better box with parsley. I just did it just to see. Cosmo was doing the same thing. You know, we we were talking and he's like, Screw it, I ain't gonna garnish like, well, he ain't gonna garnish neither mine. So <laughs> So here's we, we did it screw it around and then his points got on, I was like, Well that was probably dumb to do that i probably should but you know in in the same aspect if if you ask me if i think i make a better box with parsley or with no garnish i think i make a hell of a lot prettier box with parsley because i'm I'm smart enough to use it to my advantage and to cover my mistakes you know i mean if i you know if i have a a piece of meat that you know i'm a money muscle that chipped off an edge i'll pack parsley around it where you don't see it you know use it to your advantage so if it's there, then I'm gonna I'll use it to my advantage. So when you don't use it at that contest, does that give you some kind of a good feeling that indeed judges aren't taking into account whether there's garnish in the box or not? They're judging it on the box. Yeah. On the other aspect, the two of the boxes that I ran no garnish on, I did it in Texas, and that's because. <laughs> I sit there and thought, you know, it's freaking Texas. Of course, it's IBCA, they're used to it. And I'll tell you, I didn't run any garnish in my in my brisket box in uh, Lubbock, Texas. I was either first or second. I think I was second in brisket down there. I didn't have no garnish in it, and I made my mind up in the cooks meeting. We we were sitting there in the damn cooks meeting, and, and you got the reps up there rattling right off freaking IBCA rules. He's sitting there going, hey, we got this. And I was going, whoa, it's KCBS, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then five seconds later, he went right back to it going, pencil thickness, guys, and we're checking it. And I'm like, what the hell are you saying? This is KCBS, not IBCA. But I right then and there, it told me, no freaking way am I running garnish in that box. And I didn't. 
Or in the garnish was like second brisket. Travis Clark is the newly crowned KCBS Team of the Year. He will be wearing that crown all year. Uh, Well-deserved. A huge uh, race and uh, a gauntlet that he's gone through to reign supreme. And as you look back through time as years pass, 2015 shows Clark Crew Barbecue Team atop everybody else on KCBS. And it couldn't happen to a better guy. Trav, really appreciate the time tonight, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is. Travis Clark. Putting in work on the show tonight. Holy crap. He was crazy. All right. I told you we were going to go long. And we did. Kevin. Thank you. Hey, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Ray Lampy. This might be the great. I might just, I'm stopping for the year. The best show ever. No show will be better than this the whole year. Uh, Ray Lampy came in and was shot out of a cannon. Then we had Anella Kelso talking about Berkshire pork in Kerbuda from snakeriverfarms.com. Then she turned right around and gave away a 14 to 17 pound brisket and a pork collar to a lucky caller named James, who will be uh, reveling in succulents. And then in the second hour, Travis Clark took over and creamed it all. Wow. Here's my promise to you. I put on a post on Facebook about getting some audio help and what. I might start this stuff tonight. I'm going to edit some stuff down tonight because there was a lot of good stuff here that I'm putting together. Segments, maybe. I I say this. In the end, I'm probably not going to do it. But my hope is I'm going to put together segments that are 10 minutes or less to recap the year can play those on, you know, whatever. All right, anyway, that's who was on the show tonight. Big show already for next week. A meathead, of course, Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli to complete the uh, teams that I'll be following in 2016. September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.